Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Unspoiled, covering The Sandman, Volume 8, World's End. In this episode, a bunch of people are stuck in a pub telling stories, and then there's some very sad moments at the end, and I actually read the right book this week because I had already read it. Yay. Welcome to Unspoiled. Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. Make him the cutest that I've ever seen. Give him tulips like roses and clover. Then tell him that his lonesome nights are read the What's right up? one yeah last time well <laughs> yeah <laughs> hey it counts shut up um, did you reread it or are you just relying on your memories of a week ago because i'm not sure that's okay i pre i skimmed it again but i did not reread it i like ah. went through and like re- tried to just refresh myself on the main points on things um but yeah i did not reread it i will be honest with you sir Thank you. I appreciate your honesty. Um, so, I already said this last week, but I really liked this one. Um, it, While it is a bunch of one-offs, it's so much more cohesive that mm-hmm. it feels... It doesn't feel like one-offs to me, even though it is. You know what I, I mean? The, the, the way the narration of the story is set up, it's that frame narrative very much like the Canterbury Tales. Yeah. It's actually, you know, reading this again after having finally read the Canterbury Tales my senior year in high school, it is pretty much similar, except, um, you know, they're not on a pilgrimage. They get stuck because of a reality storm. Right. Well, and I had forgotten that we actually did have a uh, a framing, you know, narrative character throughout the whole thing. Like, the whole thing is told from, uh, what's his name, Brant? Yes. From um, his, Bill Brandt. Wait, hold on. No, I think it's like it's like Brant uh, Brant Tucker. Brant Tucker. And, uh, okay. That is so a he's name. he's kind of the point of view character for the whole thing, and um, you know goes through a semblance of a journey throughout the six issues. So it's it's definitely intended to be more cohesive than Dream Country and um, uh Fables and Reflections. Yeah, because, that's the one. Um, because you know those can be those can basically be read in any order. Yeah, and I think I'm not. 
I wonder if he just decided to do it that way this time because he was like, well, let's just do it this way. That'll be interesting. Or if he was like, yeah, those other ones didn't quite work the way I wanted. So let's make this go together a little bit more. Mm. You know, I'm just curious about that. But also, I mean, spoilers, the the event that frames it at the end again, when once the stories are over, I feel that it, it's not that it was, um, it, it was less of a, a break from the storyline, like fables and reflections were and dream country, you know, it, it's yeah. More part there, of it. The yeah. Plot kind of moved forward a bit. Yeah. It's, um, he manages to have a bunch of people who aren't in the main plot having a bunch of experiences that really have nothing to do with the main plot and it still feels like it's part of the main plot which is a real tricky thing to pull off and not make it boring because yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's fan fiction out there of you know what it's like being that fray guard that was there in the Lannister's oh, employee fray guard. Yeah. I thought you said spray guard like, no, fray. like, remember, <laughs> like in a remember in the book how the frays are everywhere that there are frays that are Lannister guards yes but, yeah they're everywhere it's like the Gildenster, uh, the Rosencrantz and Gildenstern of Westeros. <laughs> um, all right, so let's get started on this one. It starts out with what's his name again? Miles Brent. Brant. 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 Name is Brant Tucker. Brant Tucker. That is a Midwestern ass name, right? I'm yeah, not a fan is. of it. Um, no offense, Midwest, but you're the worst. Um, so <laughs> the person who lives in Texas. <laughs> yeah, I know. I hey, say that to comfort myself because Texas is clearly the worst. No, I'm sorry. Right. I'm, I'm I'm in like full on everything. Chicago is awesome right now because football season starts in like two days. So forgive me. <laughs> oh, you're one of those. Yup. One of those Americans. Yep. Um, no, well, we're not Kentucky. Okay, Miles, we're not Kentucky. We did not birth. <laughs> Kim Davis, the union. That's a very good point. We are not going to have Devin Lamar Priester podcasting with you because it's just going to be a big old football fest. And then nobody's uh, going to yeah. talk about this podcast. Me and Devin should start a football podcast where we talk about how much we love our shitty, shitty, shitty teams. He's going to kill you for that. That's he f- knows his team sucks. <laughs> Yeah, it's a love-hate relationship. Yeah, he, knows, he roots like, for the he Jaguars. Is... They haven't been good in ever. Uh... He, he did say in one Empire podcast that it was like being in an abusive relationship. <laughs> yeah, totally. I forgot about that. He did say that. Um, same, same with the Bears, trust me. Okay, so he's driving, and uh, he is with Charlene Mooney. And um, he's been driving a while, and she's asleep, and he knows that, like, he should wake her up and give her her shift at the wheel, but she's sleeping so soundly and he's really not that tired. And he's just like, no, whatever. I'll just keep driving. And it's July, I think, or is it June? It's June. June. And it starts snowing. And he's so tired that he doesn't quite realize that it's weird that it's snowing. He's just like, oh, fuck snow. Yeah. And um, I love when he says, uh, Driving in snow, there's something about the motion of the falling snowflakes that hurts my eyes, throws my sense of balance all to hell. It's like tumbling into a field of stars. And I realized all of a sudden, I had forgotten that I had, like, when Owen and I started covering Star Wars, I didn't remember almost anything. Because somehow I had forgotten that I had even seen Star Wars when I was a kid. (laughs) And then suddenly I remembered there was a snowstorm. I was driving with my mom and we were in Connecticut 
and we were on these real back roads where there are no headlights or no street lights. So your headlights are it. And the when she turned her brights on, the way that the snowflakes come at you looked exactly like when they go into warp speed. Ooh, okay, and, that's nice. And it, it like when I was a kid, I kept she wasn't she didn't want to have her brights on because it's really not safe in that kind of weather. But I kept being like, do it again, do it again, do it again, because it just felt like that moment. And I found it so. And so when he says that tumbling into a field of stars, I suddenly remember that I had forgotten all about it. Um, so yeah, he's right in summary. <laughs> um, so this giant thing just fly, like climbs out into the middle of the road. Um, it looks like basically a Wendigo, maybe a Wendigo. You think? Well, uh, I mean, the the Wendigos Wendigos are open up to interpretation, depending, I guess, on which tribe has described it but it's the general idea right that i weird... thought that they were supposed to be more looking like humans except for their heads i thought it was that um, that's true i just it feels like a weird like bestial looking chimera thingy yeah i was thinking um a minotaur except without a human body but mm. i guess that's just a bull isn't it natasha <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say this one looks like some some weird like really mythical antelope beast you know yeah it looks like a cross between like a wolf and an antelope oh yeah i see that wolf thing i got you and there's also like a horse's mane yeah um but whatever it is he flips out uh drives (laughs) off the road (laughs) crashes into a tree glass shatters they're like they're okay she's pretty badly hurt it seems and um he like is carrying her through the snow and there is this weird ass moment where I guess it's a hedgehog. Yeah. It's a hedgehog. It is. Or, or a porcupine or a porcupine. I was cracking up over this. It's great. Um, and basically he's like, I can't move. I can't stand up. He's like basically crying about how they're going to die there. And this thing is like, well, glad to oblige, and sticks him in the ass, and he jumps up and manages to make it the rest of the way. And I loved it so much, so very much. There are times, man, where nothing can get you to keep moving except for, like, something brutal like that. (laughs) And I love the... I love the uh, the accent of the hedgehog or whatever it is. It's really... It reminds me a lot of those old pog... Uh, comics, Pog. You never heard, you never read those? No. Um, oh God, they're super old. What are they? It's like a this like traveling crew. No, it's a, it's a um, it's like nature and animals. God, I'm trying to remember. It's they all they he had this really weird, um, fucking. It was a comic strip, and they had this really weird form of talking that was just. About all you know, mixing words together and all these uh, these very strange. Who, oh, it was by Walt Kelly. Okay, yeah. Anyway, ignore me. <laughs> Done. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Pog. Whenever you say Pogs, I just think of those bottle cap, the milk. I'm sorry. Um, it's it's called Pogo. My apologies. Oh, okay. I think the main characters. I, th- I think there's a character named Pog or something. I don't know. Um, Just, like, cut all this out. <laughs> 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 none, none, none of it matters. 
Oh. I'm going to drink some more whiskey. Yay. Oh. Um, but yeah. So, yeah, he comes up to what's uh, the sign outside says World's End, a free house. And it's this awesome, like, Tudor uh, mullion windowed two story inn. And he comes inside, and there are some creatures in here. And he. A few. What? A few. Yeah, and it's f- so funny because, like, he doesn't even seem startled by that. He takes it very much in stride that the first person he sees come help him is a centaur. <laughs> like, doesn't mention it at all. Like, hey, you're a centaur. Nothing. He's just like, yeah, I guess, whatever. I guess <laughs> I'll get a drink. Like, okay. I mean, I'm fine with it. And maybe that's supposed to be part of the, the shock yeah. of, the of the accident. Yeah. I mean, I mean the I've... whole experience has been so dreamlike that you imagine yeah. at some point he starts taking things in stride. Um, and then there's a couple people with like pointed ears and just like a lot of folks in period dress. What's that? There's a cat person in the background when the proprietress comes over and gives them a drink. He's behind the centaur. I think. Oh it's yeah, I didn't Here. even notice. It looks like Basque. It looks like Basque, but but see the table is filled with other cats too because we see their own other one also at the other side yeah. of the cat. Oh yeah. yeah I'm wondering if these are Basque's former servants. They're like, oh man, <laughs> we're free, free at last. Mm. Um, on, on their break so he apparently falls asleep um, and he wakes up and somebody's brought him something to eat and he goes downstairs and they're telling stories to pass the time and the which next is, person what's that? I was going to say which is a great thing to do when there's no electricity and you're stuck with people yeah I have I honestly, I shouldn't even like tempt fate, but I have never been stuck somewhere with no electricity, like with people. Oh, that that happens a lot when I in my childhood. Whenever there were storms, and because it's monsoon, there's a terrible monsoon season in Southeast Asia, so I'm used to that happening. And people eventually get used to not having electricity for hours on end. So you know, you just sit down and chat. I really like. I wish that I had been with people. I've lost power here in Texas more than I have anywhere else I've lived. But every time it's happened, I've been alone. And it sucks. There is nothing more boring than sitting in the house alone in the dark by yourself. Like, I can't even think of anything more boring. Except yeah. You can go to sleep, but it's like, you know, even that just kind of feels like, well, I guess. Um, Candles and playing cards, dude. I don't have a deck of playing cards. Well, then candles and magic cards. I don't have. A, <laughs> I don't have magic cards either. Well, then I don't know what to do for you. Candles. <laughs> What's yeah, that? Just candles. Just yeah, can- right. Just candles. Finger. Do I'll, that I'll game do they're playing witchcraft. in season one of Game of Thrones, where they're trying to see how long they can hold their hand over the flame. Oh yeah, that seems super how about fun. that. <laughs> Here lies Natasha, who played a really dumb game alone and burned her house down. <laughs> um, but. Anyway, so the first person to tell the story is Matt, Mr. Gaharis, um, who looks like a f- he. It's funny because he looks like an undertaker, but then we meet very many undertakers later. So we meet people from the yeah. Nepopolis. Yeah, we should mention that uh, the centaur is a doctor. Oh right, and he fixes up Charlene, um, and then that's when and when Brant wakes up, he finds her already at the table, like being like, "All right, cool, man, how's it going? Eat your stew." Yeah, she seems fine and very happy with chilling here. 
Because yeah. the, the term the centaur uses, because he goes, are you some kind of doctor? And he goes, I am, however, a shuririgin of no mean skill. What does that mean? I'm sure it's one of those made-up words gaming created just for this. I'm not where, sure. Which, where is that at? It's when um, uh, Brant first asks him if he, he goes, I need to use your phone, the car, the car, it was some animal on the road. And he oh, chirurgeon. Yeah, chirurgeon. It's is like that? a really old word for surgeon. Oh my gosh, okay. Yeah. Oh, it's like haberdasher. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, Alright, so this dude starts telling a story. Um, and the animation here, animation, the illustration here really changes style. It's like Dead Boy, uh, the Dead Boy issue interlude in um, in uh, Seasons of Mist. Remember? Mm, yeah. It has that kind of choppy, blocky type look. It almost art. looks like engravings, like when you would do those prints, the wood prints. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know? I gotta be honest, this art kind of bugs the hell out of me. Why is frankly. that? I don't know. I just find it, I find it difficult to tell what's happening. I actually like it. Um, I like the, you know, the other better, but I feel like for the style of story this is, this suits really, really well. Um, because it's so much more modern and parochial all of a sudden, and mm. it's a much cleaner, more modern look. Um, anyway. I've just never been a fan of, of this kind of thing. Well, fine. So this dude And you're a the bad city. person because you like it, Natasha, so how about that? <laughs> Go to hell. Um, this I know right let me hire a bus (laughs) Um, this dude is all about the city and loves to explore it and takes time during like his lunch hour to walk around and find different places that he hasn't been and really has gotten to know and the it mentions like on the subway train he um, wonders what would what would happen if the subway carriage suddenly was transported to a different planet how long would it take before the passenger passengers began to speak to one another how who would make love to who who would be eaten should they run out of food he vaguely felt ashamed of these daydreams which i don't know why he did but because i mean don't we all have weird daydreams like that all the time i know i do but i'm also kind of a girl <laughs> no, but I mean, it's just that I, it takes him a while to realize that maybe this isn't his city or something. Something's off. Yeah, I mean, there's a long description about like every day and how his days go and where he works and blah blah blah. And um, yeah, then he is walking down and he sees an end of a street, like an alleyway, and. He goes back to work, but he, like, can't concentrate. He sees a silver road, and then he goes to find it. He's never seen it before, and then it's not there. Oh, right. And he becomes obsessed with it. Um, and then he's waiting for his subway home, and he wakes up like he had dozed off or something. He's not sure if he did or not, but he wakes up, and there's this train. And it looks unlike the subway train that he has seen. He gets on and there's only one other person on the train and it's Dream, but he doesn't know that. And um, he's asking, is this train going to stop? Is this a city line? I'm afraid. And he's Dream isn't answering him because he loves to just be a dick like that. Dream's just like, hello, I am mysterious. What's your name? (laughs) Right. Um, And finally it stops. He climbs out and is like, well, I don't know where the fuck I am. So I guess I'm getting a taxi home. And he's looking around and he's like 
almost recognizes where he is. Almost, almost. And everywhere he walks, it's like he's just thinking around the corner, I'll finally realize where I am. But he keeps walking and it's just not happening. Nothing is quite familiar to him. And he gets like turned around and lost and he can't find anybody else. Like there's ghostly people that sort of shimmer and vanish, it says. Um, Mm -hmm. But other real people he doesn't seem to see at all. And finally, he runs into an old man on this bridge. And um, he says, beautiful, isn't it? And they just chat for a second. And he says, where in the city are we? And the old man says, I've been here for many years. I don't know how long in that time I have had much time for thinking. Perhaps a city is a living thing. Each city has its own personality after all. Um, So if a city has a personality, maybe it also has a soul. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Maybe it dreams. So this guy believes that they are in the dream of the city. Indeed. And what if it wakes up? What if it wakes up? Dun, dun, dun. And- uh, you know, they, um, they, they recently played with this idea in the new 52 it was actually an interesting concept but yet again poor execution but um there was this guy where i think his super ability it was in storm storm watch um anyways the, the whole point was he can communicate with the soul of a city so you have him talking to like paris and it's lady liberty you know <laughs> the whole it's really cool because you know the, the um I forgot what her what her official name is, but she is kind of like the Lady Liberty statue that they have in Paris. Mm-hmm. That was the product of the French Revolution. And then there's New York is like this old-timey Mr. Moneybags-looking de- dude. <laughs> and the thing that I found interesting was Gotham was a gargoyle, and he was crazy. <laughs> makes sense. And was, yeah, amazing. I just love how <laughs> Tokyo was like this really – like this really like – um really um very demure geisha and she was she was you know very like polite and everything but gotham was creepy as hell <laughs> i'm trying to but think i did like that idea though i don't know philadelphia ideas. would be like i think philadelphia would be an angry sports fan i was gonna say <laughs> will smith oh benjamin franklin <laughs> benjamin franklin pastiche maybe um but you yeah you have a phillies fan eating cheesesteak you know oh uh. Cheesesteak is so overrated. I just, I'm, I, I, there, I said it, okay? Everybody can just fucking kill me now. Um, but genuinely, what's the big deal? Um, you could never go back there now. I know, right? I, Everybody's like, fuck off. 
I think it's hype. It's kind of like how people have this this generated hype of like this fabricated hype of like deep dish pizza versus thin crust. I mean, it's food, really. The one that I always found weird was everybody talking about. Um, is it Morning Glory Bakery in New York? It's Morning Glory. There's some bakery that does cupcakes, and people would go and wait in line for like an hour to get these fucking cupcakes that were about eight dollars each. And I went and had them, and they were terrible. Those places, even if they're not terrible, they're never, like, great. Those places that people stand in line because they're tourists and they've heard about this. Like, even there's even a place like that in fucking Flagstaff, Arizona. Like, oh, if you go to Flagstaff, you have to go to this one coffee house. And it's like, it's all right. Yeah, I don't know. It was... It was one of those, like, crushing disappointments because I love great cupcakes and you better make some fucking buttercream frosting. And they made, quote, American buttercream. And I use quotes that are using my middle finger because that is not fucking buttercream. And it's basically like Oreo filling, but piled on top of cake. And it's disgusting. But I digress. That place is the worst also. Midwest and that cupcake place. Okay, so all of these uh, shimmering flickers of people he's theorizing are either maybe waking people flickering through our world, um, or perhaps they're people the city is dreaming of. He's got all of these theories, but he doesn't know either. He's just seemed to have been here for a while. And he, Robert asks him, what's going to happen to me while I'm here? And the said guy says, I've met many people in my time in the city, but it's a big city and there are few of us. I don't know what will become of you. For myself, I'm content to wander the streets. Which begs the question, do they have to eat if they're in this dream? Do they not get tired and sleep? Do they just walk forever and not have to like actually do anything to stay alive? I guess this we guy... Don't- we don't really know. Yeah. It, it's kind of left hanging in that respect. And that guy is, that old man is a little, he himself, I mean, it's one of those things where he's like, you're not real, man. You're not real. I'm not real. He's like that weird hobo you bump into in places like New York. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I've met that guy. I mean, he, he, uh, he doesn't really know how much time has passed, if it's been days, if it's been weeks. So it's really hard to think about it in concrete terms like, you know, does he ever sleep? Because we have no idea. He doesn't know. I don't think yeah. he has any idea if he slept or not. I mean, that's how else do you measure days if you're not like looking at your watch all the time? You yeah, know I mean? like that's the other thing is, is does the sun set? Because it looked it looks like it's been day the whole time. Right. Um, But in any case, um, this well, that's just because. Yeah. What's that? Oh, I mean, that's just because the background stays white the whole time, basically. Yeah, and that's why I'm like, is that purposeful? Or there's a moment in one of the frames where it looks like dark blue, but I can't tell if that's night or just, like, stylized. Um, so at this point, the old man suddenly stops and is like, did you see that in the corner there between the wall and the old house? Is it not familiar? And the guy starts running across the street. Robert can't see anything. And he follows him and comes to a dead end, and the old man isn't there, and he won- he never sees him again. Um, so he continues walking around. There are restaurants and things that are closed, which that was my other question, is if there's anything like open that you can walk around into, but it's like it's a city that's 
been shut down for the holidays or something. Yeah, there's like nobody there for more than a second. Yeah. Except for a few. Um, so finally he encounters a woman on the roof garden of a building that jutted up from the city like a black tooth. It's uh, <laughs> a great image. Yeah. She was sitting by a small fountain and looked up as he approached. Sir, if you're real and not a thing of figment and fantasy, where are we? And she's asking him the same kinds of questions that he was asking the old man. And uh, he notices a doorway near her. And she reaches out to touch him. And he winds up going through the door. But it says... um, Robert thought she was going to touch him, and had she touched him, he would have been lost forever. So, is she like, is she another person that's stuck there? Is she like a figment that's evil keeping him there? Or maybe not even evil, but just like a vortex of some kind to hold him into the dream? She's a representation of the city that's mm-hmm. sleeping. Do you think? Dawn. I mean... It, it it's so vague and i think that's that it adds to the dreamlike quality of this story this mm-hmm. first you know so even then at the end we're not really given a lo- um a solid conclusion you know yeah so, i think she's i feel like she's another traveler from the waking world but that touching her would have represented actually forming some kind of connection in this place which may have prevented it from going back hmm okay that's my thought I was wondering if it was something like, you know, eating the pomegranate seeds in Hades, and then once you do that, you can't leave. Um, so Fucking pomegranates. I love pomegranates so much. They're so sticky. <laughs> so he goes to the doorway, he's blinded, and then he blinks and looks around, and he's back in his city again, and his clothes are all ragged. It looks like he's been living on the streets for years. Um, and... The gentleman narrating says, I met Robert in a small village off the coast of Scotland some years after the events I've mentioned here. It was a very small village he lived in. And uh, it was in the inn he was saying that um, he told me the tale I've told you. He was a most frightened man. Do you fear that one day you'll return to the dreams of the city? I asked him. Is that why you live out here? He shook his head as we walked outside. What I fear, he said, is one day the cities will waken, that one day the cities will rise. Um, which, yeah, what does that even mean? <clears throat> but I love the fact that he goes out into like the moors of Scotland, because if I were going to go somewhere to be away from people, that is exactly the kind of place I would pick some place where it's gray and rains a lot. Yes, please. <laughs> He'll wander into Fiddler's Green and Fiddler's Green will be like, God damn it. I just want vacation. <laughs> Another person just trying to fiddle here. <laughs> um, so. Then he says, I like to believe it was only the cold that made me shiver. Robert walked away across the moor, and I never saw him again. Since that time, I have walked with less comfort in cities. That's mm. the end of his story. Um, so that's interesting. Who's next? It Who's kind next? of reminds me of, um, you know, that Nickelodeon show? Um, Who's, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of that. that episode where the girl gets stuck in the pinball machine inside a mall. And it's like there are these... Do you, know, do you never see that episode? I think vaguely, vaguely. There's this sort it's of dreamlike quality to it. It's to remember the specifics of that show. But she just sort of uh, looks around and things are like look the same but not. 
And there are these strange people showing up that are really frightening, but it's like not really clear why they're so scary. They just are. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And it really reminded me of that. Because that's the thing about dreams is that. You know when you're in a dream where you're supposed to be, even if it doesn't look like that place or who you're speaking to, even if it doesn't look like that person. And so, you know, there's this familiarity to it because you know who it's supposed to be, but it's also alien because it doesn't look like them. And you know, no, that's really this isn't right. Um, But yeah, I think this is that was captured well in that. So... um. Brant Tucker is taking a pee and he runs into what's this guy's name? He just goes by um It was the um oh my goodness Claproth. Was, yeah, yeah Claproth. Master like Claproth, but not a title, just Claproth. And is that a last name or a first name? Just Claproth. Yeah. Also, I'm marveling at the indoor plumbing in this very uh Tudor esque <laughs> I know it's um it really feels like it was it's a Tudor sort of inn that has been maintained through probably the early 70s and it's a facility in the Texas Renaissance Festival ground right yeah. yeah it's sort of the same as uh when I was watching the Harry Potter movie and Owen was like you know it's weird that they have like bathrooms from the 1920s in Hogwarts. And I was like, is it weird? Is it, though? The last time Hogwarts had a major renovation. Right. Um, so they go back out to the crowd and sit down. And here comes the fairy dude that we saw a while ago. Cluricon. Noala's uh, brother. Right. Cluricon. Cluricon. I have to remember that. What's interesting about Chloricon is until this tale, my perception of him was he was like a gay version of the pickup artist. (laughs) (laughs) Because remember, he's like, um, he's always having a young boy in tow and he's so skeezy. Mm -hmm. I mean, he left his own sister. He's like, hey, he's my sister. An offering from the fairies. Just give us, don't, don't let hell fall into anyone's hands. Yeah, I really hated that so much. He he didn't even tell her. He's like, oh, um, you're staying here. Bye. And she's like ran out the door and slammed it behind him before she could follow him and locked it. I like how um, the fairies or the elves or whatever, the fairies in, in game mythos are assholes. Yeah, they really are. I love it. They're not like, they're not Lord of the Rings with their high and mighty Kafloigan. They're just like, yeah. they're jerks. They're fickle and they have no souls. It's made clear. And it's very similar to how like the uh, old English fairy tales with fairies how they were oh, yeah. described like they're very beautiful and they do have certain wisdom but mostly they are childish and petty and like to fuck with people for the sake of it and uh they'll do a favor for you but you can never take for granted that you're getting a favor for nothing and so yeah i i love the way that they're depicted in this um yeah that's pretty good so 
Queen Mab. Um, it's, Who I'm sorry, I can't. I can't picture as not Miranda Richardson doing a hissy voice. I just can't. Oh my god, melon, melon, melon. I have to ask Owen if he's seen that series because it's so great. Are you refusing me? <laughs> so good. I love her so much. I remember how she was illustrated when she's like, they have her moving in this real jerky fashion, like she's sped up, but like stop animation, stop motion. It was so weird and it was so creepy at the time. I loved it. Oh, but she was amazing in that series. Oh, she's so good. I love her so much. Yeah. Um, so he's being sent on a mission um, by Mab saying um, they've requested we send an envoy my interests in this matter are small but definite. An alliance of the folk of the cities of the plains would not be a good thing for fairy. I would like to see any such alliance prevented from coming about. So that's his main task here. And he this travels... Should have been a series. This should have been a spin-off series. Uh, Chloricon Agent of Fairy and it's <laughs> S period C period I period R period Y period. That's right. <laughs> I would have paid good money for that. I wanted to have a fairy gun. What would that look like? A deadly sparkle gun. <laughs> it shoots glitter. This is terrible. This is worse than bullets. I'll never get this out of my suit. Um, so he describes like the traveling and um, riding through uh, the the fens that border fairy to duskward. The screams of the water women. Water spelled with two T's. Water women rose around me, and the dead hands slithered through the brackish ooze, grasping and waving. Which oh. I really enjoy those hands. They remind me of a Dementor. They do. And when he said water women, I immediately thought, like, what is this? The land of the Yoronas? Anyone who's familiar <laughs> with that? Oh, and yeah. Yeah. Uh, the hands just remind me of that one scene in the Army of Darkness. Oh, oh yeah. I just watched that. Yeah. Yay. And they're, like, pulling his nose and stuff. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so he continues um, down through the portal, blah, blah, blah. And Aurelia, the plains was, alas, no longer as I remembered it. This place is a wreck. It used to be beautiful, and now it basically looks like a, a hurricane came through, like, a year ago. And nobody has rebuilt anything. <laughs> They just let it go down. They're like, yeah, hurricane. Yeah. yeah, you know. And they're like, the streets are covered in filth, and there's, um, it's just really in bad shape. So he gets met, um, when he gets further into the city, he gets met by, uh, Brother Cabriolet. Can one of you clarify to me, is that a Ford or a Toyota or a, which which car has a cabriolet model? Because I know there is one. You know what I'm talking about, right? I'm not crazy. Not, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm sorry. You guys are the worst. Uh, I'm going to play the gay excuse on this one. <laughs> What's your excuse, Miles? Uh, I don't own a car, nor do I have a driver's license. Yeah. Still not good enough. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Um, Apparently, uh, from a quick Google search, I've learned that a cabriolet is a light horse-drawn vehicle with two wheels and a single horse. Okay. Well, <clears> I could but not... But it is not, uh, it's not a car, I don't think. Wait, I... yes it is. I was about to say, I know it's a car. Okay. It's an Audi. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's. Uh, I could not 
not hear Chevrolet every time I heard his name. Um, oh, and I guess there's a Volkswagen too. Okay, I thought there was a Volkswagen, but then I they go through so many weird models and then just discontinue them. I didn't know if I'd made that up. No, no, you're right. Um, so this dude meets him and he's bringing mm. him in and all and is like, so hey, uh, I'm supposed to meet you at the city gates. If you would just not say anything about the fact that I wasn't there in time, <laughs> that'd be great. That'd be cool. I don't know you won. <laughs> um, and they're talking on the way in about the psychopomp. Which is the most the unbelievable greatest, name. The greatest title ever. The like, psychopomp. I mean, the really. Aurelian Church. <laughs> I'm just going to like, I'm going to start introducing myself that way. <laughs> like, what's up, man? I'm Miles. I'm the psychopomp. That's right. And nobody will be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's going in and there are a ton of people waiting on the sidelines to get favors um, calling out all of these different things. I've been waiting my per- with my petition for months. All I require is that my daughter may remarry. I seek simply to donate these holy bones to the psychopomp in exchange for a benefice, 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 benefice. I don't know. I don't know. Thanks. Come on. I got this like demented, weird, uh, warped, alternate Rome feel to it. Mm-hmm. With the yeah. Re- with the Especially given the. Yeah, given the appearance of the psychopomp as well, who oh seems goodness. very, very, uh, you know, Nero-esque. Yes. One of those, uh, what, I forgot, which, which, which family, Italian crazy family was it, was obsessed with, like, having a pope always? It wasn't, no, it wasn't just the Borgias. There was this one family. Was it the Medicis, I think? They I was going to say the Medicis, yeah. Yeah, a crap ton of popes that were, like, they were basically just corrupt as a hell. Um, well, yeah, yeah, they're Italian. What are you going to do? Oh, shit. Gauntlet thrown. <laughs> um, One of my best friends is Italian. Please. I love you. <laughs> I'm I'm Italian friends. I make fun of him all the time for being a Sicilian whore, but, you know, whatever. This has just gone too far. Okay. <laughs> it's just stereotype about corrupt people. They're not all take, Italian. Take it up with Tony. He's Sicilian. Tony. Hey. Okay. Oh, yeah. Say that, to, say that to him all the time, too. <laughs> So he goes, uh, the psychopomp is in there chewing on... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over-prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A turkey leg, all cliche and whatnot, and uh, saying that he's going to raise taxes because it's for their afterlife, because of course it is. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> and... Is uh, anyone else surprised that Clericon declines a boy or girl in his room? Yes, that did seem out of character. Surprised. I was like, "Really? You're not well, 
Not taking the boy, huh? Okay. Well, remember, he did say he embellished a lot. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So we can't take his word on any of this. None of this might have ever happened. This is true. He, he even admits that the, uh, well, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> he even admits when he gets called out on some embellishments. <laughs> Um, so he goes, he's brought to a room and there's a guard left outside for his protection. He's writing a little report to send back to Mab and, uh, whistles for a bat to come and take it away, which is the best. Um, agent of fairy, just saying. Yes. That's right. Well, he, and he walks like right past the guard, which is hilarious. Yes. And I love when he comes back, they're having a conversation about whether or not he's inside. And the guard's like, dude, of course he's inside. As he's walking <laughs> up. <laughs> Oops. Um, so, let's see. What's this guy's? I am Otho of the Plains. You've met my nephew, Marin, then? Of House Bracken. <clears throat> Sorry. You're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you pollute this text with Brackens. <laughs> However, though. Let's oh, see. a Blackwood supporter, huh? <laughs> I was going to say on the, on, on the subject of that weirdness. Um, so, his, I like how uh, Cloricon is like, Myron. He introduced himself as Psychopomp in the <laughs> 11th or Carnifex Paris the 35th. And I like how the uncle's like, nah, man, he was Marin. He was my sister's son. <laughs> yeah, and I love that throughout the rest of the narrative, Clericon refers to him as Nephew Marin, like in his own head, too. <laughs> it's like it's like if you discover that Carl Lagerfeld's real name is Bob. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so he's talking about... Um, I thought the Carnifex and the Psychopomp used to be two very different people. And this guy's like, yeah, um, it did. And then they ha- they created a treaty. Um, there's this whole basically like little intrigue about this happened that he later spreads a rumor. It was murder and forgery and whatnot that brought this to pass. Yeah. It's unclear if it was. I doubt it. And I think he was just fucking with everybody, which is totally no, I- fine. Yeah, I think all this was totally legit. I mean, the guy basically says, there's proof this is not a forgery. Like, there really was a treaty. He really is. Regardless of how the heir died, now that the heir is dead, this guy's also the whatever it is. Right. Carnifex or something. Um, So, he's like, and now Mayron's made it to the top twice. He wants more. He also wants... uh, he wants to unite the cities of the plains and have complete power. And when he asks this dude, whether he wants that, whether like where he stands, the guy seems to be kind of pious. I would like a psychopomp who believes in the Holy twins. I would like a carnifex who has the best interests of Aurelia at heart. I would like what is best for the folk of the plains. Um, and, Sort of, it's like, then he's like, I just wanted to uh, welcome a visitor. Good night. After, like, unloading all this information on him, <laughs> I'm like, that's really not what you wanted. That can't thought, be what you wanted. Yeah, I thought you might want to know. Uh, peace. Right? Um, so, then, uh, what's his face? This guy's name again? The fairy? Clericon. Clericon. Thank you. <laughs> I'm writing you that like a, down You have, right like, now. a block about that. Cloracon. Okay, written down. Um, he talks about the fairy folk and the fact that they have glamours and whatnot. Um, and he calls them mirror games, which I like. Mm. And 
He says, sometimes we will say true things, and these things we say are neither glamour nor magic, neither prediction nor curse. But sometimes what we say is true. And even if you're a tremendous liar like myself, <laughs> well, it's even true for me. I mentioned this to give a certain context to what happened at the council meeting the next morning. I was when in a... I randomly started spouting off prophecy. Right. Um, I felt it welling inside me like a sneeze or an orgasm determined to come out. Will I or never so? That description needs to be used more often. Like a sneeze like or an Sears. orgasm? Like I want, I want Trelawney from Harry Potter to talk about that. You know what I mean? Like, oh man, I just felt a, like a, almost, you, you know, like an orgasm, right kids? Like an orgasm? <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> like what? <laughs> Meanwhile, all the dudes in the room are like, yeah. And all the girls are like, wait, what? <laughs> Um, and he's, uh, he gets up and says, um, and, and the, the font changes here to this like dramatic sort of calligraphy. Both. Well, I, love, I love how you can tell, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, it's okay. Um, just, I, I love how, you know, right before it happens, he's like, God damn it. Like he says, Oh no, not again. Like <laughs> this totally isn't something he's meaning to do. He recognizes this is the wrong time. It's not even his turn to talk and he's about to start some shit, yep. but he can't help himself. Um, both psychopomp and carnifex. You've gained great heights through death and lies, but now the dead begin to rise and debts forgotten. Time collects. The dogs will chew your carcass, yet amidst your bones the rats will romp, and even history shall forget you, Carnifax and Psychopomp. It rhymes! Woo! Yay! Because it's a fairy prophecy. <laughs> um, I love this. You could have heard a silver pin drop to the marble floor, and I thought to myself, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so essentially, he gets thrown in jail. Yeah. Um, and, and there's the great bit where he's like, we had one of your kind here a long time ago and we, you know, he just totally screwed us. So we figured it out. And it's like, yeah, that was me. Sorry. <laughs> My bad. Um, so yeah, he gets, uh, chained up and cold iron, cold <laughs> iron. My only weakness. Ah, <laughs> um, that is a, that is a pretty, I believe that's. That's accurate to both mythology and to Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Um, so Nuala shows up and she's looking very different than she does when we see her. Oh, yeah. She looks weird in this. Yeah. She's got much more of a Queen Mab sort of like traditional fairy look. Um, she says, I didn't come to see you. You came to see me. You're in the dreaming. Are you all right? And he says, no, I think I've messed <laughs> everything up. And um, she You're asks probably for gonna kill me. right. She, he says he asks for her help to get out of this, and he goes and asks. She goes to Dream and asks him to help. And Dream well, actually, actually likes her. So actually, he doesn't ask her to help. He asks her not to. Oh, that's he says, true. He says, "Don't worry about me," and she's like, "No, it's cool. Like people need people. I'm gonna get help." And he's like, "No, don't do that." And then he wakes up. That's true. I forgot. Yeah, but but yeah, Dream Dream is is cool with Nuala, so she he he does her that favor. Um, I really like too when he's like, I have uh reluctantly agreed to <laughs> do so, and he's like, reluctantly, Lord Shaper, I would hate to put you out in any way. And then the next panel, there's that little shimmer. Yeah, 
Dream's Eye. Mm-hmm. It's like, Clericon, it is one to me whether you live or die. It is not one to your sister, and she serves me well and faithfully. I would not see her needlessly distressed. Aww. So, basically, like, if you were to kick it here, then your sister would be, you know, kind of sad moping around while she's working for me, and that would just be really irritating. So. That would be irritating. I, I take, take pride in being able to tell her to shut up when she's dancing when I come back into the <laughs> I just love the idea of, like, if she came back and stood outside and it started to rain. And he's like, that's my thing. No, <laughs> I'm going to go get him. Nobody else gets to brood here. That's right. Um, okay, so he helps him out, even opens the door, and, yep. uh, yeah, just generally saves his ass. And he um, tells her to, to tell Nuala that he'll come visit her soon. Yeah, 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 whatever. Which is like, that's one of the things at the beginning when he said, uh, when the queen first sent him, he was like, well, I was going to go visit my sister because I keep telling her I'm going to do that, but, uh, you know. Right. That was a sad little human moment, honestly. Yeah. Um, okay, so he re- resolved to do as best he could with the resources and craft and glamour he possessed, not to mention a certain amount of malice. <laughs> yeah, this is great. So he goes out there and pretends to be a bunch of people which is really enjoyable um an elderly priest perhaps a little the worse for drink was heard to swear blind that he had seen the psychopomp sodomizing a virgin child in front of a statue of the holy twins jesus <laughs> uh, also, also the psychopomp had claimed that administering the blessed sacrament meant as little to him as wiping his anus and indeed had performed both <laughs> actions at the same time Oh, and then uh, shortly after, a young noble, again in his cups, bragged perhaps too loudly to an assemblage of whores in the city that he was hired by the psychopomp to murder the Carnifex's heir in a staged street brawl. A foreign soldier confided in an innkeeper the Carnifex was entering into an agreement with the folk of the plains to sell free citizens of Aurelia into slavery to cover the debts of the church treasury. Um, and most damning of all, a man whom his own mother would have sworn to be the archvicar of Western Aurelia, went down on his knees in a public street and confessed loudly in the name of the twins that the treaty proclaiming Carnifex and Psychopomp one and the same was a crass forgery. <laughs> and then it shows him, like, walking away with this fucking smug-ass smirk on his face. <laughs> he was like, well, that complete and utter damage is done. Hooray. I love the line, too. It's amazing how much one can accomplish in an evening if one is willing to expend a little effort and to walk briskly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So he's getting... He looks like he's getting a shave or something. I'm not even sure. Anton, in terms of degree, like Mm -hmm. what level of throwing shade are we talking about with this sequence? Uh, This is like, okay, this is probably a 7 out of 10. Okay. Because, first of all, it is Cluricon. Right. So, and he is kind of skeezy, and people that are good at throwing shade are not skeezy. They're able to <laughs> Chloricon is skeezy. And also, Chloricon is a little pleased with himself a little too much. Let's, oh, not, yeah. let's not forget that. Fair enough, fair enough. Although he can pretend to be not skeezy people. That's it's true. Illusion. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You know. Just curious. Thought we'd rank that one. <laughs> I'm giving it a seven. I'm, I'm, I'm right. putting flashcards up now. Seven. <laughs> so, so it is written. Um, okay, so 
this he's the psychopomp is uh i don't know what is happening here he's just hanging out i guess i thought he was getting a shave because of like the way that thing is draped over his shoulders and he's leaning back and the guy is behind him and there's like steam coming up and i was like that's the steam from the bowl of water where he's getting shaved (laughs) i have no idea where that came from in my brain and I'm just looking at this now like, there is zero evidence that's what's happening. But oh, no. Head cannon returns. I'm like, that's apparently the thing. I would hate to shave this guy because he's got moles all over his face. And he's going to get cut. And he's going to be pissed. Um, so he decides that he's going to go hide somewhere until everything blows over. Because the people are in revolt. And he's going down into the catacombs. Um and he it's so kind of adorable he like stops to talk to um the dude what was it his brother his son i don't remember who this person is in relation to him but you're looking remarkably well preserved Karis. you know i didn't poison you don't you I, you know it's all lies oh it's his, it's his predecessor yeah. yeah yeah i just didn't know who like if he was related somehow no, no I don't the, think so. Okay. I, I, the psychopomp was your elect. It's like a. It's similar to the pope. It's an elected office, sort oh, okay. of. And then the carnifex, I think, was hereditary. Okay. Right. So that but guy's son. That guy's son was the kid that died. So that so, which is why he was made carnifex because of that treaty, right? Yeah, the okay. alleged treaty based on right. the rumor that uh, chloricon has been spreading, which may or may not be true. <laughs> the probably Again, legitimate case, treaty. Well, it's true, but at the same time, let's be fair. Chloricon later, he even admits that this uh, this this swashbuckly scene that follows towards yeah. the end is all embellishment. <laughs> Which I love that because it's like it's just a throw it's a throwaway line, you know. Um. Okay, so yeah, and it turns out this guy was he had cancer, so there's no yeah. reason to poison him. Um, <laughs> waste of good poison, as he puts it. And at this point. Um, let's see. Chloricon is pretending to be Cabriolet, right? Who's who? The because the psychopomp locks himself and Cabriolet in this like vault, yes, or something where no one can get in. The, oh, it's in the tomb. That's why he's looking at the the body. Yeah, and um, and then he's and then Cabriolet is like, I know who did everything tonight, and he's like, Who? Tell me his name, and he's like, That'd be me. Uh, hi. And My he does name. that amazing. Uh, and a lot of um, Thor comics. That's how Thor, uh, Loki drops his illusion. Oh that yeah. Like, the, oh, the, the, the split. The, yeah, the split. Where it's like, surprise, it's me. Um, and then all of a sudden, this uh, corpse comes to life and grabs him. <laughs> the psychopomp. You have brought shame on this city. And the psychopomp turns to Chloricon and is like, is this you? And he's like, uh, no, it's not. <laughs> not this time. But I'm going to go. <laughs> and, you know, once again, can we believe Chloricon that this actually happened? I don't know. Right. But in any case. Especially because the, the corpse accuses the psychopomp of killing his son. Yeah. Which may have happened, but that was definitely one of the things that Clericon's, one of the rumors that Clericon spread, as opposed to something we know actually happened. Well, he, in any case, uh, the psychopomp gets thrown out the window, a really beautiful window that gets ruined, which is just a shame. Yeah, it sucks. And, uh, and then, then that's when, he has to we have the great sword line. fight his way out. Yeah, on the way down the stairs, I had a really invigorating sword fight with the palace guard. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and made my way to the stables, harnessed up. At the bottom of the hill, I observed Nephew Marin. The dogs of the town had already gnawed off much of his face, and soon the rats would be clambering through his rib cage. Ouch. Yep. And I was on my way home when this damnable storm blew up and the way between worlds became impassable, so I made my way here. Uh, was that the truth, Cloricon? All of it except a sword fight with the palace guard, which I threw in to add verisimilitude, <laughs> excitement, and local color to an otherwise bald and insipid narrative. And it's like, that also plays off the, the very beginning when he's when he first launches into the story. He won't shut up about how boring the whole thing is. I know. He's like, he's well, like, I hope that you guys won't totally hate me for making you listen to this piece of garbage. <laughs> Finally, the innkeeper's like, look, if you don't want to tell it. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Nobody said I didn't want to tell it. Um, okay, so then we go to um, Jim, in quotes, who tells this story. Can we just say, before we go to Jim, can I just point out that what, uh, somebody after the story asks if he's going to see Nuala now, and he just totally avoids the question? Yeah. What a dick. Which is unsurprising. Yeah. Right. I'm sure that he just rationalizes. I didn't want her help anyway, so whatever. Right. Absolutely. Um. So Jim. So Jim's story. Uh. This was my least favorite of all. There were some moments where it was fun color, but mostly it felt really boring, except for the fact that Hob is there, mm-hmm. which was fun. Mm-hmm. And did you get the vague idea that maybe Jim is Hobbs' child? That didn't occur to me. I mean, it's, but, it um, certainly makes sense. So What's that? And he's lived for so long and he's fathered children. He even admits that in um, his tale from a long time ago. Yeah, and we definitely don't know who Jim's dad is. Yeah, he, says some, he said um, that his father was a sea captain, and that's mm-hmm. all. Um, hmm. so yeah, he could have like, quote, died and disappeared. Um, that's, yeah, that's very possible. I hadn't even thought of that though. So that'd be cool. I like it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's basically a story about like trying to get in on all these ships and the various captains that he's had to work under and, uh, then meeting up with Hob, who is going to be a passenger on this ship. He's going by Mr. Gadling. Um, so, Natasha, are, are you just not... I'm just. I'm curious. Are you not a fan of this genre? Do or is you, it like, the story? Sea like, Captain stories? Yeah, swashbuckling, you know, tales of the high seas and all that. I guess I'm not. Okay, because I always was. I'm just curious. I'm, I'm wondering if it was the specific story or if it was the fact that it was a, you know, a I don't know. sea adventure. It's it's funny that you mentioned that because I never really stopped to think about it, but the whole idea of sea travel sounds so insufferably uncomfortable and terrible to me <laughs> that even <laughs> stories that try and romanticize it, in the back of my mind, I'm going, you're not fooling anybody. Everybody smells... Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm like shit. You had to eat garbage and you were sick all the time. And then you got to go to land for a day and give hookers fucking... Scurvy. Wait, I, I was going to say, I don't think scurvy's contagious. <laughs> I'm not sure if you give that one by sex. Um don't eat enough oranges but yeah i just like i don't know i don't the whole romanticism of it i just never buy it and i never feel like charmed by it at all you know what i mean interesting yeah it's interesting because you know not to jump all the way to the end or anything but later when charlene is calling out all their stories for being boys stories Mm -hmm. and Jim is like, well, I'm a girl and I was the main, spoiler alert, um, <laughs> I'm a girl and I was the main character in my story. And she's like, yeah, what the fuck ever? That was a boy story. Like, just because you want to be one doesn't right. make it a girl story. And I don't know. It's fascinating because just because I, because this is such a boy story, this one in particular, and I can. Yeah, genre? This, yeah. Yeah, coming and, of and I can, yeah, and I was t- I was enthralled by this kind of thing as a kid. I w- I read Moby Dick, I read fucking Treasure Island. Like I was I was I was big into this. This is currently so this the is... longest running um anime story type in currently today. One Piece oh. is basically that like Japanese animations take. Oh, on... oh lord. Yeah, I'm just saying. So this yeah, no, what... I, I hear you, but I just prefer not to remember that One Piece exists. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so um, it's a thing, and I—it's I, I, interesting. It is interesting, and I, I guess the twist on um, Jim being a girl, since we brought it up, mm-hmm. interesting. But and it's common too. Yeah, it's very common. Um, but also, I guess I mean, what did you particularly not find interesting about it? You didn't like the—I mean, did it feel tropey? The stowaway who happens to be a learned man. And then an immortal learned man, immortal learned man, and then his parable that basically is just like, oh yeah, we can read between the lines that he is the emperor that ate the uh, fruit. Yeah, that ate the fruit. Yeah. Oh, you mean the one that he's talking about later that when he tells his story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, got the you. Stowaway, right? Mm-hmm. Guy. Yeah, stowaway. No, I know who you were talking about, the stowaway, but I forgot about that story about the fruit. Yeah, a- um, Anton. What's your relationship with this genre? Um, see, the thing is, I liked it too, but that's because I've been, a, I'm a sucker for the swashbuckly boy fiction, and maybe that's what it is. Is, is it a, is it a gender thing? And I, and, and, and I, know, I, I mean, I know it's, again, we're just products of our culture, but, you know, with the whole, us being products of a time when gender roles were pretty much defined, especially with, with how to raise uh, kids. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, the stories that I always liked were, when I was a kid, were, um, children who are like have sick or dead parents and are in some lonely orphanage somewhere and have to like um, 
either overcome the evil headmistress or, you know, one thing or another. I always like those kind of stories. It's so like Dickens um, type shit? Um, kind of. Like Dickens is so much more on the nose in a way. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that kind of like um, The Secret Garden and mm. Little Princess, like those two were mm-hmm. some of my favorites. Um, the Wolves of Willoughby. Oh, what's the name of it? I can't remember, but it's, uh, you know, some, this girl's parents are supposedly dead and this evil woman who's been put in charge of her as a governess, like takes over the house basically and puts her out. All that kind of stuff was like my bag completely. Right. Um, anyway, but yeah, so this, like, I don't know. There's just this whole thing in the back of my head whenever I read these of like, how uncomfortable and terrible this was and i can't for some reason get past it it's like i'm like <laughs> my mom would be like well it's totally a past life thing you probably traveled on a ship and you just really hated it I'm like yeah okay that's what it is mom um in any case yeah this just wasn't my favorite like i kept feeling like it had to go somewhere more and I want it. I just, I like that he has Hob popping up here and there. Like, I just really enjoy the continuity of that. And this, mm-hmm. like, guy just, you know, throughout the ages, just being around all the time. Um, <laughs> but honestly, I want it to be about him. I don't want it to be from the perspective of this kid. I would I rather hear more about Hob and the character that I know about and care about. And if it were Hob telling the story, as opposed to this learned Indian man. Um, I might have liked this better, but because it's this total stranger who's just coming out of nowhere and being like, hey, let me tell you about how I was uh, really mad that this girl was having an affair and I went to kill her and cut her head off. Um, At the same time, I, I did like the little gift of the Magi spin on the people passing on the fruit of immortality. I did like that. That was interesting. It's like, no, I gave it to you, and then I gave it to you, then I gave it to you. Well, where did you get it? Really? Kill them all. <laughs> I, yeah, but without torture, okay? Without is... torture, because he had loved her. Right. Thank you. This is the anyway. kind of thing that I know as a kid, if I had read this, I'd have been like, why didn't they just cut the fruit into pieces and all eat some of it? <laughs> I, no, I agree. As a child, like, my, I just got so frustrated by shit like that. Like, nobody, there's no fine print saying you need to eat the whole thing. Is there? Anywhere? No. So, <laughs> I'm holding it to you. You can take one bite and hand it to the next person, and they can have some, too. And there's no reason to just hand the fruit all over the damn place. Yeah, especially because he fed, like, a sliver to that fucking ferret, and that and that thing didn't even burn. See? Yeah. What am I saying? So he and he cuts the sliver out and then gives her the piece of fruit that has a little sliver missing, but it doesn't go bad because I guess since it's a uh, immortal fruit, then that's why. Yeah, yeah, it's it's apple of life and, and all that. You yeah, know. what are you gonna do? Um. So, yeah, gets handed down. He finds that she's having an affair, kills her without torture, yada yada yada, and. Then he comes back to, so you see the point I make concerning women and the fickleness of what your Mr. Kipling has so justly castigated as a species more deadly than the males. Yeah, about that. More deadly? You killed her. Like, really, dude? Um, And and Hobb doesn't stand for that. Yeah. 
to his credit. He's just like, no, man, you don't understand. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, people that are unfaithful. Yeah, it's people that he I, and he says, um, yeah, we we skip like way ahead, um, but uh, I think that's fine because we're we have more to get to. Mm-hmm. But um, he says he's got the, this great line where he says, "It's people are unfaithful, and men tend to get a lot more opportunity than women to mess about." Mm-hmm. It's like, yup, thank you. Of course. Um, and then I love that Jim's like, why does it, because Hob and the Indian King are like being set up as, you know, despite the fact they're both immortals, Hob is, is a very, and both learned immortals, the Indian King seems far more traditional and spiritual. Mm Mm-hmm. So when Jim is like, why does the water glow like that? The Indian's like, the dream magic of the sea, and Hob's like, phosphorescent algae. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I love that so much. And he was kind of dismissive. It's like, oh, yeah, you guys haven't learned that yet. Yeah, yeah, idiots. Um. Anyway, they telling this little. They have this little like meeting of the minds. Whatever. There's a storm <laughs> on the way. How can you tell, the storm, Mr. Gadling? The sea serpent, whatever. Um. Flying fish. We, yeah, we the sea cave. serpent. I quite enjoyed. Um, I like the way this happens, too, because I'm going to jump ahead here. Um, Jim finds a photo of Hob that looks like, you know, so old. It doesn't make any sense. Mystery, mystery. Right. Um, And they're all seeing this weird, like, wave coming towards them. And it's all these fish. And they are able to get up, like, a couple huge (laughs) nets and are really excited about it. Well, I just love, I love they're becalmed and they're trying all these different sailors' methods of getting the wind back. Right. I love the Next morning, the skipper himself walked down to the stern of the ship and threw his oldest shoes in the water. <laughs> of course it works. If you really need wind, the skipper has to throw old shoes overboard. The Indian dude's like, ah, a propitiatory sacrifice. How remarkably sagacious. Oh, my God. <laughs> to be fair, though, uh, maritime superstitions are ridiculous, if anyone has ever looked them up. Oh, yeah, man. They're nuts. And depending on the culture... It's different. Like, I Southeast Asian maritime superstition. I know in um, East Africa, the maritime superstitions there, it's so weird. It's it's like Apple. Remember we had, we had this discussion about Appalachian medicine, medicine and how weird that is? With, like, yeah. The, the egg pregnancy test. It's I like, forgot all about that. Yeah, it, it's like that with sailors, like old-timey sailor superstitions about what to do when the winds are becalmed, what to do to survive a tempest, stuff like that. Or mm. th- th- when they didn't understand vitamin C was what was preventing scurvy and rickets, what they thought you had to do, like tie an old shoe around your neck over your pillow. <laughs> That's right. Um, Not, you know, anyway. eat fringes. They're just, I mean, when you just think about like old wives tales in general, they're, I just, where the fuck did that shit come from? Some of it, you know, I just, I really enjoy that kind of thing, honestly. Well, I was gonna say, why why did why did the the term "old wives' tales" have to stick when the men are just this superstitious? Yeah, I guess because uh, old wives are so wise. That's what it is, right? <laughs> We're talking about sailors. I feel like the old wives are the ones who raise the kids when the, their husbands didn't come home. Yeah, oh, that makes sense. widows' walks. Mm. Um, okay, so all of this fish. They're just like, hey, sweet. And then two full page spread of the sea monster, which was pretty gorgeous. I love this. Yeah. And it's so funny how abrupt it is because 
sea monster shows up. They're all staring, like tears streaming down their faces. Sea monster gone. The end. It's like, it's like, hey guys, what's up? Yeah, it's and you would think something like that going back into the water that the wave it sends up would like send that boat careening, but it looks like it's becalmed again very quickly. Um, sea serpent's like, hey, anybody got a light? <laughs> no. All right, fine. So I'll find a circle K to get some matches. Are you are you the pizza guy? No. Okay, never mind. God damn it, motherfucker's been an hour. I never thought about it though, like the idea of a sea monster pushing all of the fish away in its wake. Like yeah. that's a really cool idea, and I'm not sure if that's something that's like been written before or if it's part of like the mythology surrounding them. Like if you see a bunch of fish all of a sudden, then you better beware, or you know. But I did like that. Um. And Jim is um, freaking out. Yeah. Jim is really excited. And Gadling is just like, yeah, you know, I saw it. Whatever. And he's like, like, no, man, but it was a sea serpent. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, it was a sea serpent. Whatever. (laughs) Um, And is asking, like, shouldn't we tell people like, you know, and he's like well i mean you can if you want to <laughs> he doesn't actually tell him not to but you know his tone is very much like eh, probably not the greatest idea but you know you're Hi. you're a grown-up you do what you want um so let's see why hasn't anyone seen it before maybe they have there's tales of sea serpents after all but the sea is a big place jim and deep for example, nobody's seen a giant squid that I know of. We just suppose there have to be some because they've seen the huge sucker marks on the sides of whales. Oh, Big yep. place, lots of secrets down there, and the way he's motioning, it really looks like he's talking about his cock. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, I see it now. I could not this stop is... laughing the first time I read it. Especially since he already knew she's this entire time that Jim is a girl. Right? Lots of secrets <laughs> down there. Aren't there, Jim? Why don't you go discover them? <laughs> um. Oh gosh, now I take back what I said about him, her possibly being his daughter. Oh but... no. Okay. <laughs> I will say though, this is another thing that really resonates with me. I, I, I think it plays into the fact that I was really into this sort of fiction as a kid, but I've always been really fascinated by the ocean. Just and also terrified, and open water is my worst fear. Oh my but gosh. Um, like you said, I mean, it's just it is fucking vast, and what the fuck happens down there? I don't know. And if you tell me you know exactly what happens down there, you're fucking lying, mm-hmm. because you can't always see, and there's a lot of it, and it's just horrible and terrifying, and it really does fascinate me because scary things fascinate me. So, and yeah. the sea is the scariest thing on planet Earth. I think that's part of why this stuff never appealed to me is because the sea is so terrifying to me. It's just too much. Like my brain can't handle the amount of unknown. And it's just like, think about the pure insanity of what people were doing when they first took ships across the ocean. Oh my God. I mean, it's absolute, pure, unadulterated insanity. Yeah. Let me build basically this wooden bowl to sit in. (laughs) And I'll hopefully get somewhere, maybe, I'll put this big piece of cardboard up and blow wind in it, and it'll push me. Hopefully we'll find some land before our food and water runs out. Exactly. Like, people had no idea what they were doing. 
and eventually they got so that they were able to like navigate and stuff but even so it seems just terrifying to me well i mean that's why the uh the vikings were one of the earliest european settlers in north america because of their, because they had the fuck yeah attitude of being a viking i guess i mean it takes a lot of yeah a death wish and the promise of valhalla <laughs> it's just so the the whole thing about columbus and he's like trying to get to fucking india and he winds up on the other side of the goddamn planet in this whole other pl- by purely by accident it just it it's just too i am i am a planner i like to know things ahead of time i like to schedule things <laughs> i do not like just basically throwing my ass into a whirlwind and seeing where i come out so it's a good thing there are people out there who do like that because we need them but I am not one of them. <laughs> um, so, okay. They make port and um, Jim is talking about telling people, I don't think he, I didn't. And he says, I didn't tell anybody. And he's like, yeah, I didn't think so. You don't want to draw attention to yourself. Isn't that right, girl? And she's dun, like, dun, dun. just stares at him for a second. <laughs> How'd you know? Um, and he's like, yeah, I've been around a while. I've seen this before. Yep. You are not the Bruh. first, nor will you be the last. Yes. Oh. Bruh. Bruh. <laughs> Bruh. Manager. The man's ear from Seinfeld. <laughs> and it turns out that he's bought the Sea Witch. Um, yeah, he owns it, yeah. Yeah. I think, he, I think he owned it the whole time, which is why he got passage. Oh, really? That's my thought. Yeah, because remember he talked to the captain, and then we saw it. We didn't see it on panel, but the captain came out and was like, "Yeah, we're we're not gonna get rid of the stowaway." Oh. Which the only reason he would have that kind of authority if he was like, "I own your fucking boat. Don't get rid of him." Yeah, oh, and then I captain- assumed that he offered to like pay for the guy. Oh no, I'm assuming the captain. The reason he just talked to the captain in private was the captain. It undermines the captain's authority. That I got you. Transaction mm-hmm. has already been made. He or- probably did offer to pay for him, but you know. That normally wouldn't have been enough, I wouldn't think. Um, okay. Yeah, I just figured that was all it was, that he was like, hey, would you please not kill the guy? Here's money. Um, <laughs> operating on the assumption that the captain would have wounded pride if, uh, you know, if Cobb let slip, that I, um, I'm technically your financier, guys. Right. You guys to do what I say. Here's money! <laughs> um, okay, so... He's left me his shares in the company, his Uncle Bob, but I'll sell them on. No interest in boats has young Robbie back from 20 years abroad, basically creating his whole new identity. Again. Um, Yes. And how old are you, sir? Old enough to have learned to keep my mouth shut about seeing a bloody great (laughs) snake in the middle of the ocean. Damn right. Snip snap. Um, And... He says, given time, you'll spin a yarn of what we saw in the ocean. Given time, I'll tell the tale of the handsome cabin boy. Creepy. But given enough time and the right audience, the darkest of secrets scum over into mere curiosities. Anyway, nobody, no one will believe either of us. And uh, it finishes up with Jim being like, so I really can't pass for a guy anymore. And I'm still totally into sailing and ships, and I love it a ton. And I'm probably never going to be able to do it again. So the end. 
And it was really sad. Yep. I was just really depressed by that. Um, so that's that. <laughs> so, yeah. And like, I don't want to say that I didn't like it so much as it just wasn't my favorite. Um, and that's Fair really enough. not like saying very, that's not, not being saying harsh. It was bad. Yeah. Because they're, I liked these a lot, um, like every single one of them. So right. saying it was my least favorite probably is not at all a bad deal to have. Well, my personal favorite is up next. All right. Oh, Golden Boy. Yeah, I can see what this would. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Be your favorite. Mine is pretty obvious, but we haven't gotten to that one yet. But it's pretty mm-hmm. obvious. Um, I'm looking at, we've been, we've been at, uh, an hour 20 right now. Should we cut this one in half or should we just power through and do like a two hour one? I think we can power through because it's the, the next story arc is the one really long. It's the long one. Does that sound good, Miles? I'm going to leave it up to you. I'm good with either. Let's just do it. Right. I just want to make. I wanted to make sure that it wasn't going to make either of you cry tears of blood if I said no, we were no, going to no. keep going. I, I, I may, <laughs> I may keep drinking. However, that's expected. You're, sure. I expect you to keep on drinking for Golden Boy. <laughs> yeah, fucking Prez, man, <laughs> love him. He's the best. Um. All right, so this guy, um, Brant Tucker. Brant Tucker. Brant. His name is so horrible to say. He's so Midwestern-y, but also I would like to wake up in the middle of the night to a cheese sandwich waiting for me. I know, right? Right? And hot coffee? Like, this place sounds like the best, the literal best place to be. It's this, like, gorgeous old building. It's snowing outside, and you've got fireplaces everywhere, and people leaving you yummy snacks outside your door and big feather beds. And your patrons yeah. are some of the most interesting people in the world. Yes. In, or in this entire universe. Dude, when Charlene decides to stay, I'm like, yeah. I know. I was kind of surprised that it was only her that decided to stay. <laughs> but, yeah, I think this place sounds like the shit. Um, I'm just a... I like my creature comforts. And running an inn, if I could do it without having to ever deal with other people ever, would be pretty awesome. Slightly better than sailing a ship. Uh, yes, most definitely. <laughs> most in, definitely. In the creature comfort, you know. Oh, yeah. Sense. You yeah. know, being able to eat food that isn't dried to a husk. God damn, listen how spoiled you are. <laughs> oh. This is about being unspoiled, Natasha, all right? Oh, yeah. I see what you did there. 
Wow, I really named this the wrong thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So he's listening to the crash and howl of the wind. Wokes up, there was a cheese sandwich waiting for me on the tray by the door. The bread was new baked. The cup of coffee beside it was piping hot. Fuck you, dude. Give me your damn food. I would shank him for that. Or not be bitching after this. I wants it. Um, so he's about to uh, try and find his way downstairs. I'm sorry. Now I'm just imagining like you like seeing a cheese sandwich and having half coffee, being all like, "My precious." <laughs> that is exactly how I would react. I wants it. I wants it forever. Miles, I think you finally understand me as a person. <laughs> that is the best you act interpretation. Like this is some kind of revelation for me. <laughs> you saw me at that restaurant when we were picking out cheese yep. and drinks. And I get very excited about that stuff. It was pretty. It was pretty adorable. <laughs> um. So, oh, and I liked that uh, he sees people talking, moving down the corridor, and there's like this moment of um, like transparent fairy people. One like of, Robin Hood or something. I was gonna say one of whom looks like Robin Hood. I'm glad that's not just me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. one of them does look like Robin Hood, but the other girl, the one on the far right, mm-hmm. she has like floating star halos. Yeah. Like, it's like almost which, a crown or something. Yeah, like which from my knowledge of comic books either means that she's like angelic or she's just been hit on the head. <laughs> <laughs> she, you can hear birds tweeting well, faintly. That's has, right. Has his tongue sticking out and he looks like he's going na 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 boo boo to her. Na 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 boo boo, I just hit you on the head. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Stupid girl. You know so- what it was? They're from the Acme universe. <laughs> the Morton Brothers universe. This is what's okay. going on. If there really is an Acme universe, I never ever want to go there. Seems like pretty terrible place. That just seems like Anvil, bad news. Anvils falling everywhere. All yeah. <laughs> just for fun, we run around the Warner movie lot. Woo! Um. All right, so he's w- trying to get downstairs, and he gets startled by this dude reading a giant book, and. uh Guy's basically like, why don't you come sit with me, stranger, and let me tell you a story all alone? Which to me seems pretty sketchy, but that's fine. I love that he's the only guy who's like, Storm? What? Yeah. (laughs) He's just chilling. Like, doesn't matter whether it's storming outside. This is his favorite. Um, And he's like, so which world are you from? And he's like, Bill Clinton's president. Uh, Before Bush, Reagan, and before him, who? Jimmy Carter. Ah, you come from those Americas. You have my sympathy. Jimmy Carter. Oh, oh, man. Oh, brutal. Sorry. Brutal. Oh, poor Jimmy Carter. He's always a terrible president in any timeline. Poor Jimmy. His heart was in the right place. Yeah, he meant so well. (laughs) He's he's an amazing post-president. Somebody whose yeah, heart right. is in the right place does not mesh well with capitalism. <laughs> the yeah. end. Um, all right. So he tells him that he's he's a, a follower of the one that he's going to tell them about, which is a, a you know the story begins when the baby is born and the baby is named Prez. Yes, <laughs> because which, names define us or have enough power. Yeah, or they don't define us, but they influence us. Is what he says, and. Um, Prez, uh, Anton, you probably know this, but I'm not sure if Natasha does, uh, is a actually a comic book character uh, originally appearing in 1973, yes. a short-lived book called um, Prez, First Teen President, and uh, another former DC character that Gaiman appropriated for Sandman, 
and uh, has cropped up in other places over the years. Most recently, uh, ju- this past June. Oh, really? When, yeah, uh, a, a new version of the character uh, started up. I want to say Mark Russell is writing it, um, but it's about this girl who gets elected president via Twitter in the year 2036. Interesting. I like yeah, it. so she's like the new prez. It's, it's part of their... I'm not sure if they're doing a reboot right now or not, but it's definitely... I, I think it's a miniseries, but it just came out uh, a few months ago. So, well, I, anyway. I, I, that seems like a better idea than what I... When you said that she's uh, the, he's cropped up again, I'm like, oh, please don't make him a Batman spinoff character again. <laughs> <laughs> I am the president. <laughs> um... All right, so Prez gets named Prez, likes our country, is uh, resourceful and hardworking, and it's very much like the Christ parable. Uh, When he was 13, his mother lost sight of him, and then she found him hours later in the town hall talking with the city leaders about civics. Um, I I love the bit where the guy is like, my people have divided the world into two kinds of people, hedgehogs and foxes. Hedgehogs know one big thing. Foxes know lots of little things, and I'm like, oh my god, totally a fox over here. Just saying. (laughs) I know so many things that don't mean anything. (laughs) I don't know which one. I've probably lots of little things for me, too. Um, He's all about America, and he's all about clocks and time, and he, like, one day, just when he was 16, just went out because, like, in his town, none of the clocks agreed with one another. They all were a little bit different. Mm Mm-hmm. And he fixed and adjusted every fucking clock in his town. Yeah, this was uh, such a weird way to start it, but I liked it, nevertheless. Yeah. I just really enjoy, like, Mother, did you not know I would be in my father's house? Um, <laughs> but the prince of that world was Boss Smiley. Possibly the creepiest comic book villain I- I've ever seen. Yeah, and we find out in this world that they, uh, shortly after raising or lowering the age limit on voting to 18, they lowered the age limit on elected officials to 18, and then, <laughs> because the, because the 18 year olds started voting for this shit, they lowered the age limit on the president to 18. Yes. So, and I love the newspapers. First teen senator says, cool it, dudes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... It's California, uh... Don't, don't we know it? Yeah. So Boss Smiley takes him up on this cliff and shows him all of the places that could belong to him. And that's another Christ parable with Satan. Yep. Oh, yeah, sure. And uh, I also really like the fact that we don't see Boss Smiley from the side very much, but when we do, his head is pretty much flat. Yeah, he's just a happy yeah. face. It's super creepy. <laughs> really, it's, he's just like a giant M&M. Uh, to be fair, reading this section in and uh, it was kind of dark in my room when I was re- rereading this this week, especially with the Slenderman stories that have been cropping up lately in the I past year. I those. I am more freaked out of Boss Miley now than I was when I first read this. Oh, he's terrifying. Yeah, I like honestly. I know the Corinthian is supposed to be really creepy, but I've said it before. I get more creeped out by things that have a happy face on them and are ugly underneath than things that are just ugly. I agree. Norman Rockwell painting, something is messed up. <laughs> the one that always got me were Thomas Kincaid. Oh, oh yeah. They sure. just like, I always feel like there is a serial killer with like a room full of body parts in that beautiful little house. Like the walls are painted with blood. <laughs> That's just how I see the world. I don't know what that says about me. Um, oh, it's going to be like 
some Christmas present or birthday present in 10 years from now is going to be a Thomas Kincaid painting. And, <laughs> and I'm just going to slash it with a knife and be like, fuck you, and burn it. Um, <laughs> There's the the great line here when Smiley is offering to you know make him president. He even comes up with his little catchphrase. And, uh, and he says, in return, just remember who you owe it all to. Remember whose world this is. Know who's boss. Which is... Exactly how real politics work. Yep. It's so fucking terrifying. Yep. Ah, I hate it. Feel the burn. Feel the burn. Okay. Hashtag feel the burn. Um so he wakes one night to find Nixon in his bedroom. Yeah, Prez Prez refuses boss smiley and then Nixon shows up. I love it. Which cracks me up. Nixon straight (laughs) up it's like he's speaking a different language. He's like, well, I want to do things to, you know, make the world a better place. I, uh, I'm not following you. <laughs> um, he even gives them like what a relationship or life advice, like yeah. power. That's, that's the only power. thing we're going for. Yep. Forget money. Power comes with money. Forget chasing skirts. You got power. The skirts chase you. Even that dumb expletive deleted. Jack Kennedy. Even he knew that. The expletive deleted, by the way, was motherfucker. This is Nixon. I think we know who we're talking about here. Exactly. I was thinking that Frank Underwood would very much approve of this Nixon, because that's what he says about his uh, assistant, I think, in the first season, who winds up leaving him and working for some oil company. Frank Underwood in uh, House of Cards. Oh, I've actually never uh, watched it. Well, he has this assistant who was really smart and could have been in politics, but he chose to move instead into... um, uh, the a private, private sector private sector because he was going to make like twice as much money and Frank kind of sneers at it and is like power is so much more valuable than money he he picked the wrong thing is that um, Kevin Spacey yeah okay I've seen I've seen like a little bit of it in passing but I've never sat down and watched it it's a great show it really is so I've heard I haven't finished this last season though because it can be a little bit heavy so I don't like to watch it all at once that's the thing is I, I I often don't go to politics in my entertainment. Yeah. Because I am so into the news and all that stuff. It's like I if I if I want escapism, man, give me some fucking escapism. Like give me some spaceships and stuff. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not all about this your 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 West Wings and your although you know West Wings fun, but still. Um, so there's all these different things happening on election day. There were a number of magnificent omens. A baby was born to a couple <laughs> in New Haven, Connecticut. Yo, that's where I was born. Really? Yep. Oh, With wow. a birthmark in the shape of the USA on her back. That was me, guys. I have that I was going to ask. That was you, but last <sighs> week, uh, Hawaii and Alaska, though. No, no, no. Natasha has the Hawaii and the Alaska. Thank you very much. Yes. They're on each boob. Um... <laughs> <laughs> It's really distracting. Especially um, Hawaii. I can just imagine like the kind of sex jokes that go into that kind of thing. You know what I mean? like... This island's called Come On, I Want to Lay Ya. Um, during, during a 42nd Street screening of Hot Teenage Love Sluts. Great movie. Classic. The climactic sex scene was interrupted by, couple, by the couple replacing their clothes and... Uh, Performing highlights from Guys and Dolls to an outraged audience. Wow. Amazing. In Caesar's what? Palace. What's that? I'm sorry, because it was Guys and Dolls, which is a pretty good. I mean, it's a fan favorite amongst the gays in terms of oh, musicals. Yeah. So, I was like, 
I was um, laughing. In Caesar's Palace, Las this Vegas, every day, slot man. machine in the building bestowed its jackpot sucks. simultaneously. In addition, many blind people regain their sight, deaf people regain their hearing, and an uncountable number of organic or hysterical illnesses, some of a terminal nature, spontaneously vanish, never to return. Um, and Res Rickard was elected president of the United States of America. He was three months shy of his 20th birthday. Um, and he distributed little... bread and roasted fish to the peoples. Well, I love there's a little uh, happy face bouncing off his... Yes. Car, like somebody fucking threw it. <laughs> Boss Smiley is like, fuck you, dude. God damn it! Um, that Prez Rickard was a good president surprised many. That he was a great president surprised almost everyone. And it just shows him accomplishing like a million impossible tasks. You read well, this and you're just like, oh my god, bring him here, please. Right? I just want, yeah. please. Well, it's not just that, but it's like, um, so, you know, it, I guess he he became, he took the place of um, Nixon or Carter? Carter. Because okay. Nixon was president before him. Yeah, so basically we have the energy crisis. So basically, instead of Carter having that problem that he had to face, he, it, um, Prez or wait. sat around. I'm assuming it's Carter, right? Because... Right? Wait, 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 was, yeah, was, was, I'm trying to remember, no, because Reagan was after Carter, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so the gas crisis, that had happened, and then the, you know, the rising national debt, and then at yeah. the same time, and also I think the dead giveaway was John Belushi being in it. Yeah, John Belushi still being alive, that was great. Yeah. John- and talking about how Prez inspired him not to be fucked up. Not to be a crack, a, co- a cokehead, he, yeah, he was a cokehead, right? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I think so. Yes. So he's that was pretty interesting. Uh, this blurb of John Belushi saying, "Yeah, well, I suppose uh, Prez showed me uh, you didn't need to be fucked up to work at your peak. I mean, here's this guy working 18 hours a day. Fate of the free world depends on him, and he's clean. You know, that was scary. You and every other fucking comedian from the 80s, man, 70s and 80s, I guess. Hey, we all have our thing, man. <laughs> um." Yep. Okay, so... Excuse me while I drink some more whiskey while being all, you know, high-handed about uh, drug addicts. (laughs) Um, During the first term of his presidency, Perez proved himself a remarkable leader. He was the golden boy. Um, And Boss Smiley runs into him at a party and is all like, you think you're pretty great, huh? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to run again. And he's like, like, oh, really? What? Go. Oh, I just was chiming in. He's like, yeah, I guess I'm all right. <laughs> I've made a start. Um and just my first term. Right. Apparently it's not my legacy term. Prez has tried to look into Boss Smiley, but he can't find any files or anything. Like the FBI and CIA haven't got anything. Um and he's like, There's no recordings, no birth date, nothing but rumors. Well, Prez boy, that's as it should be. You know, it might not be healthy for you to run again. Are you threatening me? How can you be threatened by a man who doesn't exist? <laughs> and then he turns into a, def- a balloon that's being slowly deflated. I just imagined him going, like when he flew away. Um, so he runs again, gets elected again. There's like an oblique reference to Reagan running against him and nobody cares. Nobody gave any shits. Um, and... He starts dating his high school sweetheart, and everything's great, and then she gets shot in the head. That was oh, pretty another, brutal. Well, also another Reagan reference. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, 
but this time it's instead of a hysterical guy that was in love with Jodie Foster, I love this one. It's a hysterical girl who was in love with Ted Grant, who is actually a DC character, Wildcat. Yes, who um, in canon trained Batman and Catwoman out of Street Brawl. Okay, so is that really what his costume looked like? Yeah. That is fucking awful. It looks like he has (laughs) testicles on his face. Oh, yep. I mean, those are genuinely balls. Like, Uh come on. I don't know who does, like, who draws that and that doesn't enter their head? Um, They need to run this by people with dirtier minds because... I think the original costume was conceived in, like, the 50s, right, uh, Miles? Because he was part of the Justice Society. It's an old costume, for sure. It's super old. It's just as bad as... You've seen the, the, the hubcap flash. Oh, yeah. Dick Eric costume, right? I don't but think dude, so. But, dude, Natasha, the reason it doesn't occur to people who draw that is because the people who draw it are mostly dudes. And dudes, even if it, like, subliminally occurs to them, those look like balls. Dudes are cool with balls. Balls are pretty <laughs> awesome. So, you know... It's just False. so, like, why Why do they have to be flesh-colored? The cats, <laughs> cats don't have the flesh-colored thing if they're all black everywhere else. That's not how that goes. I hate it. Well, they needed to make him lo- not look like Batman. That's, yeah, I think that's probably unfortunately true. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of these street-level um, superheroes have, if they have the, they fall prey to being easily mistaken as color-swapped Batman. Yeah. Costume aside, while... Oh, 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 O'Reilly! You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly! Auto Parts cat's actually one of the more interesting dc characters from my mind um all right so he basically has like a photo op with wildcat and it's like i don't blame him for this and then he goes to see the woman and offers her clemency but she just decides to go to the chair anyway Mm. um i like that detail a lot um yeah and he's he's a little bit less cheery these days he's worn out man yeah and uh, he goes to take it, go to sleep, puts the TV on, and uh, Boss Smiley just pokes his head up into the TV. Um, I Well, youngster, I hear your wife-to-be is dead. Yes, she was killed. You know, it distressed me mightily to hear about your suffering, and I racked my brains to try to come up with a solution, and eventually I did. Um, and... He offers to bring her back to life if he'll serve him. And is like, see, she's right over on camera three. And she's there, like, under the spotlight, like a fucking hostage. Terrified and shit. Oh, rough. Yeah. And Prez just puts his hands over his ears. And Kathy's dead, boss Smiley. And uh, curls up. It's the saddest thing in the whole world. Yeah. Um, and he wakes up and the scray, the screen is just gray. So he leaves the the White House. People are trying to be like, let's give him a third term. Let's just make him president forever. But I, I love the bit where he's like, there was even a uh, there was even a campaign which began in San Francisco, of course, to proclaim <laughs> Pres Rickard emperor of the United of the United States. But most people rightly consider this a joke of sorts. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> it's like, oh, Josh Norton, we love you. Um, he declined all invitations to join boards of various corporations, blah, blah, blah. Things were no longer golden in America. It wasn't that things got bad. It was just that they weren't spectacularly good anymore. They say that the new president sent messengers to him asking if he would come out of retirement, asking if he would advise, aid, or assist. Jesus, wouldn't you? Prez received like... them graciously and gave them coffee. I'm like, it makes me think of Cornelius Fudge pelting Dumbledore with owls. Yeah. <laughs> For God's sake, tell me what to do. I'm scared. You're so much more qualified than me at this. Can you imagine having to follow somebody like that into the White House? Like, what the fuck? No, I know, right? That would be so it. hard. Um, and what's your approval rating? <sighs> Not prez. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a pretty good from from one to prez. How would you say you're doing? <laughs> um, and he basically tells all the messengers, like, yeah, I'm not gonna be kind of president. Like, that's just yeah. not gonna happen. So he decides he's going to go away. Um, doesn't tell anybody where he's going and like the, there's all these like sightings of him. I like the press asking Wildcat if he knows where he is. He's like, no, fuck off. Like, yep. you know, I don't know. I kind of like that brief connection that they form. <laughs> fuck off. I have balls on my face. Don't bother me. <laughs> I have balls on my face and a drinking problem. Go away. <laughs> a truck driver reported he had picked up a hitchhiking pres in Portland, Oregon and driven him to Billings, Montana. They talked about baseball and old television comedy shows the entire way. A waitress in Shreveport, Louisiana, claimed she had given birth to Prez's love child. A blood test, however, administered by the television show from whom she had demanded half a million dollars for her story, disproved her claim. Full of shit. I enjoy it a lot. Shreveport, Louisiana. <laughs> and I he, did the Shreveport. There's this uh, pain of him like climbing to the top of this cliff and looking really Jesus-y. Um, so Jesus. Super Jesus. And uh, and then one day he died. Um, the stories of the death of Prez Rickard were as strange and contradictory as the stories of his latter days. Some say he was killed during a holdup in a Chicago bakery. A holdup not for money, but for warm bread to feed the starving children in the snow outside. Some people said the woman who kills his Kathy returned to finish off the task, which is a pretty great image. That's a fantastic image. Others said that the current president ordered his death, and apparently the current president is Abraham Lincoln. Oh, um, by the way, uh, quick note. Wait, what? That guy just looks like Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> I was going to say, like, <laughs> what? Abraham Lincoln what now? Abraham Lincoln is the one doing the assassinating. Twist! Natasha, have you read Watchmen? No. Okay, Anton, have you read Watchmen? Of course. Okay, do you see the pin on the woman who killed Kathy in that yes. frame where she's yes. half undead? Mm-hmm. I, I literally just noticed that for the first time. Yep. That is the iconic bloodstained smiley face of Watchmen. It is. That's fucking amazing. It is. And also remember, this is the DC universe on the subject of Abraham Lincoln. Um, <laughs> Uncle Sam is part of, is it Freedom Force? Liberty, whatever? What's the name of that team? That weird uh, I, f- I forget. Okay, well, anyways, Natasha, there is this weird, ridiculous uh, superhero team in the DC universe where his name is Uncle Sam and his superpower is... He is the spirit of America. And I will let that sink in. <laughs> okay. He Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. And So yeah. Th- that means he's like obese, right? And uh, 
just likes to sit in his computer and insult people online. I'm sure that's what he looks like now. So he's yeah. my spirit animal is what you're telling me. No, your spirit animal is a chipmunk. How many times do we have to go? <laughs> I heard you talking about this shit on some other podcast. Like, whoa, what's my Patronus? I'm like, chipmunk. Is what's, it? My, what's my demon in Golden Compass? Chipmunk. Come on now. Why? Because you said it was. Because you're you. That's 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 you. You made that decision. <laughs> and we don't. You made that decision. We're like sputtering over here. This wasn't my God idea. Damn it. I'm just. And I, I agree didn't with do you. this. You did. You don't want to be like that guy who whose whose Damon turned out to be a dolphin and he was unhappy the rest of his life. That's, that's true. I just realized though that this other this has other references to Watchmen in a way in terms of later when he keeps talking about the watchmaker, right? I was yep. about to say he's laying on watches. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's clocks, but you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, all these different rumors about how he died and uh, how he died meant little. What was beyond any manner of doubt is the, to the world that he was gone. Um, there was nothing about it in the newspapers, not a word on television. Still, across America, the flags flew at half-mast and people spoke in hushed tones. So it's just like everybody knew he was dead even though they didn't know. Mm-hmm. That's like the Elvis death. Um, Except dialed up to Prez level. So then he runs into death because he's dead. Yep. Um, and he says, this may be a really stupid question, but am I? Uh-huh. As a dodo. Wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she says, different things happen to different people. Depends on who you are. And you never get to learn what happens to anyone else. But you, you're kind of a special case anyway. There's someone waiting to talk to you. Those people over there are going to take you to him. And uh, he gets brought up to the celestial city. The space <laughs> mountain. Celestial smiling city. The smiling city on the hill. If this or, is what God looks like, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> what, Boss Smiley? Yes. Yeah, that would suck. Smiley faces have always creeped me out, even since I was like, a kid. So, yeah. I mean, not even in terms of appearance, but this character, like, this is what, uh, you know, fucking, I don't know, CEOs think is God. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Oh, my gosh. This is what fucking Justin Bieber thinks is God. I like it. This is He's Bieber wearing God. The, uh, the white Colonel Sanders suit. Yes. Yeah. The carnation. And he's like, you, um, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Uh, you got to be president, serve two terms, um, and you're a symbol of a more innocent time. And you're dead into the bargain. You have to be alive to be president. One of the rules. <laughs> um <laughs> And says you and he asks and Kathy, she's not here anymore. She went away, which was very sad to me. Um, so there are other worlds. I believe so. But this is the only significant one, which is what we all tell ourselves, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, right. And he's like, all right. So now you're going to sit next to me and sing praises to my name. Oh, you my know, God. It's so like funny. <laughs> and Dream shows up and is like, yeah, no. No, definitely not. <laughs> Fuck you, <laughs> asshole. Um, and he says, I'm Prince of Stories. The boy is under my jurisdiction, not yours. Come with me, Prez Rickard. I can destroy you. I will destroy both of you. You come back here. But he doesn't actually do anything. He yeah, just menaces. Peace. Right. That's all they can do. And then they wind up on the dance floor in Xanadu. <laughs> 
Oh my! That's the thing, though, man. I gotta say, just real quick, like that's the fucking thing is that those people, people who believe that way, don't have anything really to threaten with except for, look at me, aren't I powerful? Aren't you know? Why would you even bother trying to stand up against me? You know, like I, I, I am so impossible to bring down. Just, 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 just do what I say. Mm-hmm. You know, and it but works. if you actually, yeah, of course it works. But if you <laughs> actually do something, it's like, uh, no, do what I say. I will, damn it, I will destroy you. <laughs> I like, found yeah, that dude. out when I was like fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, they're not going to actually do. Oh, I guess I can just. Oh. Yep. <laughs> um. He said he'd destroy you. I hope I haven't gotten you into any kind of trouble. <laughs> Aw, bless his heart. And do I owe you anything, sir? You owe my sister thanks. She drew my attention to your situation, but no, you owe me nothing. The gateway will take you where you need to go. Uh, sir? Yes, young man. I don't really remember my father. When I think of him, I remember his pocket watch, a huge silver repeater that chimed the hours and the half hours. He left it to me when he died. I was four. It didn't work, though. When I was eight, I took a book on watchmaking out of the library. There were a lot of tools, blah, 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 blah. And one day, um, he put I... put his dad's watch back together after practicing on some other watch. Yep. And he finally gives Dream the watch. Yep. And uh, it says, And Prez Rickard walked through the Dream's door, away from Boss Smiley's heaven, and out across the world's. Some say he still walks between the worlds, traveling from America to America, help to the helpless, a shelter for the weak. Others that he waits to be born once more, and that this time he will not come just to one America, but to all of them. And I walk the worlds following him, seeking him, walking ahead, spreading his word. Hail the second coming of Prez. I hereby forswear myself. (laughs) Really? You're going to give up on uh, Emperor God Doom now? Oh, no, no. You know what? He would, like, incinerate me if I did, so. <laughs> That's a good point. A I think you got to watch point. out for that. Yeah. My apologies, Doom. I did not mean to desert you. Um. So, Brant uh, finished. The story's done. He gets up and leaves and runs into the woman caretaker. And he's like, uh, there was an oriental man up there. And I'm like, the correct <laughs> nomenclature is Asian. Uh, yeah, that's what I said too, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's 1993 or <laughs> now, really, man. And then it I realized you know what he is from the Midwest. This was actually the last arc published in '93, so next oh. next episode will be in '94. Okay, so still, it's like it's 1993, really, dude. It cracks yeah. me up, like the, the little things that leak out. When I was getting driven home by um, Owen's grandma one day. She pointed out this nail place, and I do my own nails now, but at the time I was thinking maybe I would go somewhere to get them done, and she's like, yeah, um, they're Asian, but they're Christian, so there's not all of that incense and those statues around. And I was just like, and there it is. (laughs) (laughs) She's honestly a delightful woman. I really like her, but every now and then something like that comes out, and I'm like, yeah, we need to veer away from this hard. (laughs) I uh, I keep on forgetting, you know, because Hinduism and Buddhism is... They're, they've only been around for like several thousand years longer than Christianity. That's it. Yeah, no Come on. Stop getting such a big head of yourselves, Orientals. All right. It, it's the incense. It's very threatening. <laughs> like, God, uh, I remember the. Catholicism has incense too, and they're crazy about that. <laughs> oh my God. Meeting those people, like actually meeting them and realizing that they're your friends or something. Like, I remember I uh, was teaching in a school once, and I had a parent, someone who I had known 
for a, a while who had like been really nice to me and giving me giving me rides home and stuff. Pulled pulled their kid out of class because they were teaching evolution. Oh yeah, and I'm like, oh my god, like I've heard of you people. Yeah, I had a close friend that I I would forget because we she seemed like so reasonable. We met at my dad's church. And she was very, like, punky in a lot of ways. And then she would bust out with something about how, like, well, evolution isn't real. And I would just want a head desk so hard. <laughs> um, in, uh, in Texas, there are Christian punks. I don't know how that works, but okay. Yeah, right. Whatever. Right. Do you. It's fine, I guess. Just really confusing for us. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you're not, like, being a complete asshole, then absolutely. That's true. Some of them were nice, but at the same time, I knew our beliefs wouldn't mesh. Because really, Christian death metal, are you kidding me? How does that work? With the funniest black metal, so you're burning the churches to. (laughs) Wouldn't that be amazing if Boss Smiley was like, "You're gonna sit next to me and sing hosannas," and he started singing like death metal hosannas? He's like, "Hey, you did not specify. I get to sing what the fuck I want." (laughs) Anyway. My this is my favorite story. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> uh, I don't know how I didn't guess that. So this is fun. Um, all of it, the um, all of these characters are in black and white. Like it's all very. It's Hogwarts for Undertakers. Yes. <laughs> That's um, totally I what love it. Is. That is absolutely what it is. Uh, his name is Clapperoth, and he starts telling this story. Um, well, Petrifax is telling the story, but yeah. Petrifax, but he needs to add oh, Clap- right, right, but he- because it involves him, and I'm like, and oh, boy. Asta. Oh, and there's this one pain that I almost didn't mention where he's counting the, um, Brant is counting the thunder, like the distance yeah. from the thunder of the lightning, and there's all these little green guys looking, like, very disturbed yeah, look, by the like thunder. from uh, Ghostbusters. They're kind of adorable. They almost look like, um, in... Little Mermaid, Ursula's oh, yeah. unfortunate oh, souls. Like, yeah, the thing she turns them into. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so yes, he starts uh, telling the story, and turns out Claproth is the Snape of the Necropolis. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> oh my! He puts Petrifax under the under the um under the whatever. He puts them under the spotlight about about a question. I guess that's going to be in the test. Yeah, but, like, Petrifax steps up, man. He knows all his burial rituals. Like, yeah. he knows all the different kinds, all the different variations. Like, he's learning this shit, and Claproth still fucking sends him to uh, to go watch the air burial and report back on it. Presumably because Petrifax's dad, like, saved Claproth's life from a werewolf accidentally. And, right. you know, he's, like, carried this grudge this whole time. I mean, spoiler alert. I was sorry. about to say, Rashawn, don't listen. Stop it. I don't know if she listens to this. I don't think Did so. You, but you know, you guys didn't case. get you guys didn't get quite that far in Prisoner of Azkaban. So oh, definitely not. Yeah. Um. All right. So yeah, he has to uh, run, sprint to get there to see the air burial in time. Um. And when he gets there, Abraham Lincoln's there again after murdering Prez. This is where he came back to after murdering Prez. His name is Paramount. <laughs> Um, and they go through all of the different things that they have to do. They have to cut the body open Hermes. and pull the entrails out. Mm, Hermes. Um, what? Hermes. Herm. What? Hermes. The guy's name is Hermes. Hermes. 
Why do you keep saying it? I don't know. I'm very confused. I just like saying Hermes. (laughs) Also, it's the most mundane name out of everyone whose names are like Kyriel, Petrifact. Hey, Um, what's up, guys? I'm Hermes. (laughs) It sounds like hernia. Sounds like it's just like I'm I'm just doing the Hodor thing. You know what I mean? Um. Okay. So they take the entrails out. Um. You have to stop that, or I will (laughs) cut you out of this podcast forever and ever. (laughs) The end. Fair enough. Um, and all of the birds come down to feed on him. No monument to mark his passing. No urn filled with ashes. No coffin. No plaque. Everything is given to the birds. The flesh, the lights, the meat, even the bones. Rough ground and mixed with barley. Everything is swallowed by the sky, which is the coolest. I think that's the most awesome thing. Um, I dig that because it's like they make it clear that it, this only happens in places where they don't have rivers. To do the water burial. They don't have fire to cremate, and they don't have soft earth to bury. It's like, yeah, that's really cool. Can yeah. you imagine living somewhere like that? People will just live anywhere. It's so where, weird. Where do you think that is? Like, Australian mm-hmm. outback or something? Like, Or I was thinking, like, maybe the um, the uh, indigenous tribes in, like, what is now maybe New Mexico? Some parts of New Mexico? That was oh, what I, guess I was thinking, too. Yeah. Some of, like, the caves and stuff over there would be, I would think, ideal for doing something like this. Like, the ledges outside of them. Yeah, that's a good. That's a really good point, actually. Or like Utah. Yeah. Utah. Or parts of um South um Central Asia, like in between India and China, that really mountainous. Oh parts. yeah, yeah, yeah. The steps. Yeah, that would definitely be something they would do. Nice. Yeah, um, I do. I also like the his explanation of the ritual, and I love how like it gets really. Uh, hammered home how much these guys care about these rituals and how and why they do it mm-hmm. and i love it and it you know obviously becomes hammered home by the corresponding example of people who didn't feel that way yeah i that's what the main thing about this that i liked so much was that it's not it's like they're handling bodies and they're dealing with what would be considered by many to be like really uh distasteful tasks but they're not ghoulish about it it's still done with a quite, ton of quite respect. The opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Um and that was very much like that wasn't really what I expected when the story starts and we see where mm-hmm. they are and what they do. I was expecting this to be like, you know, glorying in death, but that's not their thing at all. They don't really represent death. They represent like the transition, which is really <laughs> interesting. They represent burial. Yeah. And and anything it's telling because the endless that they bump into or in the, that shows up in this um in this particular story is indeed you know surprisingly enough uh, spoilers it's destruction and you know one mm. thing we've learned that he's learned also is you know he's an avatar of change mm-hmm. doesn't always have to be destroying things yeah that's true um so let's see shouldn't we wash our hands I mean they're still covered with bits of the client <laughs> that would be disrespectful to the client. Anyway, his remnants are said to add savor to the food. That is the custom of the place from which the client hails. And because he thinks that's true, it does? Yes. I love that. It's true. The food does taste better. It shouldn't, but it does. Why is that? <laughs> because they believe it should. Yep. And then... And then the story. They sit around telling stories, which makes this, like, super meta until it gets even more meta later on. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This is, this is like I said, this is Canterbury Tales. But in the dreaming. Yeah, this is Petrifax telling a story about a bunch of people who told him stories, one of which 
was about a woman who told that guy stories. Mm-hmm. That's the one. Wheels within wheels. Uh, so this story is about a hangman. And basically the fact that um, midnight on the night before the condemned would do to kick, or sometimes even as he stood with a noose around his neck, they'd come to him in his cell and offer him the choice, serve as town hangman or kick the wind on the morrow. That's so good. It wasn't that they'd pardoned him, see, merely, position, merely postponed the hempen dance. He had to be hanged at the last, else the town would forever lose the right to have a hangman. Well, some said yes, some said no. Billy Scott, he'd been a resurrectionist. He'd dug up the fresh dead for anatomy. He wasn't one of the bad ones, not like the widow Pry ahead of him. She poisoned all her family except the twins for a half crown a head for dissection, and the twins she sold to a body house. Um, and th- that is actually, I really like that little detail because I had been reading about female serial killers the other day, and there are... Uh, there are so few of them in comparison to male, but the ones that they have found out about, there's so much mystery surrounding a lot of them because it was like like 19th century, some of them, and there is just a lot of myth around what they did, and it's unclear how much of it was true and how much wasn't, but there was this one woman that she would t- take the children um, that women had out of wedlock and that they wanted to hide. And that way nobody would know that they had ever been pregnant. So she would take the children and take like an allowance from these women to take care of the child to alleviate the woman's guilt. And usually these women never came to see their kids, but occasionally they did. And eventually it came out that she was poisoning all the babies and burying them in her yard. And they dug up somewhere around, like, I think it was, like, 56 bodies. And most of them were the children, but there were some that were people who had been, like, her assistants on the grounds and had probably started to realize what she was doing and she'd had to get rid of them, too. (laughs) So this woman reminded me of that, that whole story, because it's so... It seems to that female serial killers tend to be in caretaking positions and tend to use poison more often. Um, but it's yeah, like given the option, I just feel like I'd rather read about swashbucklers on the high seas, but you do you, dude. You know what I mean? I just think it's like, it's so fascinating to me because it's so not talked about. Like women are just tr- talked about as if we're inherently nurturing and that's just part of who we are as women because babies. And it's like, nah, man. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> not really. Uh, there's some rage in there. Yep. There's some crazy. It's crazy is uh, knows no gender. Oh, God. Yeah. Just flashing back to some of the bullshit that John C. Wright wrote before the Hugos. Don't mind me. <laughs> uh, um, w- women have a temperament that is this way, and they are they are fundamentally nurturing, and they, they their courage is a woman's form of courage. They are not meant to... Anyway, shoot me in the face. <laughs> Um, okay, so this dude decides he's going to be the hangman, and uh, he does his duty, and he has... Huh, he decides, get, yeah. Well, you know, takes the, he takes the deal. Yeah. Um, he wasn't a happy man, though. He took pride in his profession, as he never had with body snatching. Good, clean drops that snapped spines and ended lives sharp as a cut, which is fucking valuable. Like, that is something <laughs> to be proud of, because Lord knows that there were so many people who just had to strangle to death. And it, Yeah, I mean, it's not just that, but during the French Revolution, remember the propaganda they sold about the guillotine was that it was a cl- good, clean death. Oh, no. no. That's pretty funny. 
Oh my goodness. Especially because, oh, just, yeah, you know, they're not properly cleaning, cleaning the blade and then the amount of killings that were happening every day. I mean, oh. Yeah. It's like this guy is like the best fucking executioner they have ever had. Exactly. And and... Mary Queen of Scots was beheaded. Was it three strikes before three? Her head I think it was three or four. Yeah. It was brutal. Um, okay. But like, he gets old being the headsman because he's so good at this shit. Like, they never hang him because they never want to lose the best fucking headsman they've ever had. Mm -hmm. And finally they hear that he's sick and they're like, all right, buddy, time to come kill you. Time to pay the piper. Yeah, and he, like, tricks him by holding himself up with a rope. He uses his noose to save his own life. Yeah, so much fucking irony. I love it. It's the best. And I love when he's like, um, so he, I'm not planning to die for a long time yet. So if you two gallows rats keep on with your wicked ways, mayhap I'll get to tie the hemp and necktie in both of you yet. Well, he's not sick. Come on, Ned. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's this what story, I thought. This story has to have every euphemism for hanging that exists. Like it just, it refers to hanging as something different every fucking time. Oh, I got what you're saying. I yeah. was like, what do you mean? Um, the hempen dance hemp is my, necktie, purpose, yeah. my preference. Um, all right. When the sheriff's men had gone, Billy's family loosed the rope that had been holding him up and he collapsed and they put him back in his bed. Billy Scott died in his sleep that night. Unhung. He was my grandfather and that's all. Which does that mean that town just never gets a headsman anymore? Or no, they gotta choose a new one. Terrible. No, it, it just... says, it says if, um, that they don't get a headsman after like that they lose oh they've the right. like lost the right yeah i'm not sure how literal that is um like you know if if they if they ever don't behead anyone that's been sentenced to, to beheading then you know they lose legitimacy but this guy just fucking tricked him like he i don't know that's how it reads to me anyway I just like the idea that his last act was to keep them from ever being able to hang anybody again. <laughs> <laughs> That's, you know, I just, that, is, like, that is a cool idea. I never That's thought of that. That's an interesting way to abolish the death penalty. Yeah. yeah right? Somebody should try it. Um, so, okay, that's the end of that story. And then um, we have... We get the story about destruction. Yeah, it's from Scroyle, I believe it's from Scroyle's yeah, perspective. Scroyle tells the story he runs into destru- destruction on the on the street. Oh, right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hilarious in a way. Yeah. Uh, and and this is interesting because I think this is where we get the the death of one of the endless again, right? Yes. Um this was really okay, so my mother sent me here with my father's body. All his life he dreamed of being interred in the necropolis. And when I was born, he pledged me to lethard- lethargy? <laughs> lethargy. Lethargy, um, yeah. <laughs> in exchange for a grave in the city itself. When I was eight, he died and I came here with him. I was apprenticed to Master Hermas. Don't say it. That was nine years ago. Um And you're fired. (laughs) I crept into the lower catacombs and stayed there all night on a dare and was caught and punished. I made love for the first time. It was on a stone tomb in the eastern quarter and I spent my seed on a carven skull. That's so metal. (laughs) (laughs) This whole city is so metal. Actually, yeah, that's very true. This whole city is entirely metal. I learned uh, to dig a hole six feet down and eight feet along in a handful of hours. That is pretty impressive, honestly. Um, 
Not for nothing, Natasha, but if you're going to read every line, we're going to be here forever. <laughs> That's true. But I just like to read about his accomplishments. He should be very proud of himself. That's all I'm saying. I gotcha. No, I'm with you. Okay. So, yeah. Um, let's see. There are places in Litharge in the old quarter that are built to human of human bones. Um, I was in one of those places at dawn, and this is when he runs into uh, destruction. Destruction! And he came strolling through the city with a bundle on his back. And good day, says he. Of course he does. And he shares some food and he's just delightful and extremely Wait, handsome. So destruction is Australian? Good day. Apparently. I'm not going to try and do an Australian accent and humiliate myself because that's but what I will do happen. Like, um, so I do like how destruction says, like, you know, I haven't been in the necropolis lethargy in a long time. Mm-hmm. And, I, and he goes, it, it's definitely changed. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess I like how the the, uh, the guy's telling the story is like, uh, what are you talking about? The necropolis doesn't change. And, you know, destruction brings up the fact that a long time ago, the ne- before the necropolis lethargy came to be, there was another ne- necropolis that had their job. And, and these guys were dicks. Yep. They were. Yeah, they- I like that. He's like, this isn't the first one, you know. Like, you're not that special, kid. Okay. Um. They had yeah. tombs and catacombs, towers and rivers. The buildings collapsed. The rivers became blocked with bones and remains, and they putrefied and stank. Ew. They basically turned it into a business instead of, um, a, I guess, a, a, a responsibility or a duty. Like a social yeah, that's... Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's pretty interesting because um, I, I, I'm not sure. It's kind of suggested, I think, the Endless show up, right, and inspect well, them. Because they say... Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that is that is them because they go. Our sister is dead. They said. So I'm assuming that's when the first despair died. Yes, that's I what I was that thinking. That is when the first yeah. despair died. Yeah, yeah and if must, you look at the shadows, be. it's them because there's destiny with this book. Because unlike mm-hmm. his other siblings, this guy doesn't do a costume change. That's yeah, right. that was what was confusing to me is that they do look so different that I'm not sure who's supposed to be who here. Like the well, guy I... smiling is that supposed to be smiling? No, no, no. The the people smiling not... are. Are the former ne- necropolitan? Oh, okay. Yeah. That's the the image is fl- or the point of yeah. view is flipped. Okay, yeah. that's why I was it's getting confused. People, I was like, but but the shadowy people behind I, are the are the are the endless. I'm assuming the one with the Shakespearean looking neck bob at the very right is Desire. Is Desire? Okay. Yes. Yeah. And the one and in front of has her is Delirium. Yeah. I got you. Okay, because, yeah, this was, like, I got so confused trying to figure out who was who, and I was like, I know that they change how they look, but this is, like, very extreme. But And then Destiny looked just the same, and I was like, but wait. Okay, I got it. I got it. Very left, and then the Morpheus, <laughs> obviously. And then there's yeah. oh, Death with her haircut. Yes. Um. So, yeah, Destiny, Destiny takes their charter. Their charter. Yeah. Yikes. And it just basically crumbles to nothing. And uh, so, can you imagine <laughs> if Destiny condemned the restaurant? <laughs> <laughs> Your charter is revoked; it just collapses. Um, and then oh my God. he's series, Destiny Health Inspector or Health and Food Service Inspector. Can we just talk for two seconds about how, when Destruction walks away, he's singing a song of his own composition out of tune? I'm because of sure course it's he terrible. is. I wish there was a dog making fun of him as he walked away. <laughs> um, and yeah, then he's like, how do you know it was his, of his own composition? He told me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure right. he did. Or hey, he- listen to this. <laughs> Tell me what you think. Um, 
And then uh, Hermes goes into this description about kind of what it means for them to do what they do and how they are different than the the other cities, right? Yes. Um, oh, this is a fun story. I really yeah. liked this. Uh, one of them is Veltis. Yes. Tells the story again. Um, Mistress Veltis. Hermes? Uh, I, I, this is, that's it. I was just I asking stop. a question. I just no, stop I don't on the recording. Know. I'm I'm still recording. Oh, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. I didn't press stop. So she says, "All the trappings of death are for the living. It's the final reconciliation, the last farewell." And she uh, reconstructs this girl's this little girl's face that was like totally crushed by a rock, and that reminded me of uh, Six Feet Under. Do you guys ever watch that? Yes, amazing HBO show. I haven't watched the like I've saw I've seen a couple episodes, but there was the one that I saw about the kid who uh, whose father had that happen. Um, she does it all with only her left hand, for her right was withered. Yes, and they hear this story um, that well, they don't really know why it's withered. But one night there was a black storm come down from the Quincy Mountains, and she came to the room and told them a story. Um, and they tell, they tell about a couple of mortician who outwitted a giant and inherited kingdom, a poor grave digger who dug down to a magical land. Um, and then, uh, a a coach full of apprentices and a master swept away by dark magic. And then she told us that when she was a girl, refuge in a tavern where the price of Haven was a tale. Don't forget that. Oh, right. That part, you know, details. (laughs) I mean, relating back to the whole theme about all this. Yeah. Um, and then she talks about the uh, fact that she broke a flask of preserving fluid when and she screamed <laughs> and ran and found herself in a huge room and um, there was this voice that said which of them is dead no one's dead not that I know of just the usual people I broke a flask of some just the fluid usual people. right I love that <laughs> that's a great line this is no place for you, little girl. Let me sleep until I am needed. And she's like, I can't leave until it's, you know, because I'm going to get in trouble. And he's like, all right, it's fixed and everything's fine. And she's like, but how do I know you're telling the truth? And it's like, oh, okay, bitch. You know what? <laughs> you want a miracle? I will give you a miracle. Like, you didn't ask for the quality. But you know that I'm telling the truth because I took your hand. Somehow that's proof. So get the fuck out of here. Um. It's proof because, what, you want me to take the other one? Right. <laughs> um, so the years, he's continuing the story. The years passed. She felt herself dying. And she asked us to bring her once more to the catacombs to hunt once more for her room. She walked inside and bade us I wait for her at the entrance. It it's like this like deep ass chasm where the endless, I guess, go to grieve. I guess, or arrange the funerals. It made it clear there were six uh, ceremonies there. So, yeah. um, And in the end, we heard a shrill scream, and she stumbled into the daylight. Uh, and then she died, and they laid her out. And if anyone else noticed that her right hand was whole again, well, they said nothing. Oh, shit. So that's really fun. Um, yeah. Who do you I think want... was uh, sleeping? What's that? Who do you think was sleeping in that room? I really want to say Hermes right now, but I'm not going to. (laughs) I think I will take your hand. (laughs) Um, I didn't say it. I really, I like stories that have 
a vaguely spooky ending that you don't really understand. I know. I did like so, that also. Yeah. Um, so who knows? I mean, did... exactly. And but yeah. who cares? Because it's still, it's the story still has its um has still has its impact without you knowing. Yes, oh, exactly. Um. Okay. So Petrifax. About... Yeah. Yeah. You ain't told us a story, and he's like, "Cause I don't have any. Cause I'm boring, and I haven't done anything." Um. And Abe Lincoln's like, "All right. Well, that's cool. We're gonna take off." It's um, not Abe Lincoln. It's Hermes. He is clearly Abe Lincoln. I don't know what's the matter with you. It's Abe Lincoln vampire hunter. You I was guys. about to say, and he probably hunts vampires. I honestly don't know what's the matter with me either. <laughs> um, so I, I only learned more when I was raised from apprentice to journeyman and swore on the bangle call that I would tell. And at this point, Klaproth freaks out. And, yeah. and uh, they get into this argument about, you're not supposed to tell them the secrets. That's for us to know. La, 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 la. And then he this weird little oaf handshake thingy that makes him shut the fuck up. Yep. Right? Yep. Um, and let's... Brant is like, we're all dead. I figured it out. We, <laughs> we're, we're all dead. That's why we're here. And, and Clapworth everyone... is like. I love, I love that. I love Clapworth's reaction. He's like, young man. If you were dead, I think I would know it. I have some experience in these in these matters. <laughs> I enjoy him a lot, as much as he's awful. Yeah. Um, and then he's like, well, does anyone have a better explanation? And the innkeeper says, I do. Dun, dun, dun. Um, none of you were brought here. Each of you was traveling, was caught in an unseasonable storm. You made your way here by luck and took refuge and advantage of the hospitality it offered, and you will leave here when the storm is over. <laughs> and fucking uh, Chloricon is super drunk. He's I fucked up. I love when he asks her for another drink. Uh, you're not. You're drunk. You're not having anything else. Oh well, that's perfectly reasonable. Smash <laughs> <laughs> face to desk. Yup. Drool everywhere. Um, drool. And. She had said something about a reality storm. The and can we talk about why her arms have to be up in the air when she says things? This is because, the same, like third frame that she's been bangles like this. on her wrists. That's why it's this is true. So and, ridiculous. And when she was talking all throughout this entire volume, um, and with the you know with her just gesticulations and whatnot, I was thinking, is she like ginger flipped Doctor Orpheus? So right? I, I it's like her, she's belly dancing while she's talking. These echoes crash across the world. There are ripples <laughs> in the fabric of things. Often they manifest yeah. as storms. I would pay for that. I would pay so much for a gender swap doctor. <laughs> um. So Brent's all like, "Yeah, it's a dream, whatever." And uh, she's like, "This is what's left when all the when the real worlds end. This is no part of the uh, realm of dreams or death or darkness. It's a free house. It's no part of any kingdom or empire, which is a really cool idea. I like that. Yeah. Um, and they are not. He's like, Jim says, so we're not dead, and she says, not currently. No, currently. (laughs) Um, and she." says that a reality storm is something that's so big, happens when it's something so big, ripples and unsettles things. Uh, And she knows some rumors of what it could be, but that's all they are. There's like some weird lobster people on the next page. Yeah! 
Um, they, yeah, there's some really fun. There's, so there's the lobster people, and then like at the bottom of the long pain. Yeah. Is that another lobster? I guess it's a, just a different perspective of the lobster people talking. And, and whoever they're talking to. Yeah, that's got to be like a classic superhero, right? I don't know. Whatever it is. Wearing like on. a rugby helmet for a cone head. She's got to like go deal with it or something because they're about to start a fight. Oh, brother. People, and that's, right? Yeah, right. And that's when... Charlene starts talking about how all the stories are boy stories. Yes. What's the gangster story? She she says there's a, we've heard a swashbuckling adventure, a sea story, a gangster story, a grizzly boy's funeral story. I think the gangster story is Boss Smiley. But I thought that too, but then she asked Brant specifically because she didn't hear that one. Oh, that's right. And she's like, what was that then? A Horatio Alger story of some poor boy becoming president? And he's like, yeah, pretty much. Let me see. Um, Is it the fairy story being a gangster? No. I thought that was the swashbuckling adventure. Yeah, that's the swashbuckling story. Yeah, what's the gangster story? It's not... (laughs) It got omitted and they forgot to edit her dialogue. Mm -hmm. Oops. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. I was curious about that when I was reading it today. That's a good point. I didn't even, like, I just assumed that it was Boss Smiley, even though I didn't think of it as a gangster story at all. No. And then, now that you say that, I'm like, oh, yeah. Um, and it wouldn't be the uh, Indian Man's Fruit story, because that's not a gangster. That doesn't even make any sense. Um, be any of the stories that Petrofax hears? I mean... None of them are gangster-esque stories. No, either. not really. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, editing. Yeah. Um, anyway... Anyway, so yeah. She's getting all pissed off. And she's like, there aren't any real women in any of the stories I've heard. We're just pretty pretty figures in the background to be loved or lost or avoided or obeyed or whatever. <laughs> and I love when Jim's like, but me? <laughs> oh, please. Look, girl, the whole point of your story is that there wasn't a woman in it. Yep. Just a ship full of sailors and a giant dick thrusting out of the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> and then she gets into some shit. Well, I've got a job I don't much like selling software. I've got an apartment that I loathe. I've got an ex-husband who comes over when he gets lonely and tries to talk me into having sex with him for old time's sake. And sometimes I even say yes. I joined a local theater group long enough to realize I'd never be an actor. Joined a writing circle long enough to realize I don't have anything to say worth writing down. I come home from the office every night, fix myself nothing much interesting to eat or send out for a pizza, fall asleep in front of the TV. This is like everything that my brain tells me when I'm feeling depressed. This is bleak. Yeah. It's like, I don't do anything. I will never do anything. I'm just destined to live out my life doing this bullshit and never being able to say anything or do anything meaningful ever. Do you ever watch uh, Third Rock or 30 Rock? Yeah. I love when they check out Liz Lemon's last two Google searches and it's singles volleyball and scalp pain. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like, ooh, that is bleak. Uh, yeah. And then she's like been drinking and she's like going into a, we aren't friends or anything. Brent felt me up at the office Christmas party two years ago, but we were both drunk. We both pretended it never happened. <laughs> like, oh, my oh, oh, God. Really? Really, Charlene? I yeah, love it so much. Charlene's like, there wasn't even any office gossip about it. That's how, like, yeah. <laughs> That's how much it didn't matter. Oh. Uh, my goodness. 
and um, I and I love Brant. Well, you gotta laugh, and they're all staring at him like "fuck you, dude." Um, so apparently, you don't gotta laugh. Apparently, that is not a thing that any of them gotta. Um, this other bit is when she talks about how much she doesn't need other people and never has. That just that gets to me. Wah. Uh. All right, so lightning strikes, and uh, when lightning strikes, <laughs> can't you feel the thunder? Oh my God, my eardrums will never be the same. That's what I go for, <laughs> Hermes. Oh no. Okay, so nope, nope. what is your final destination? He's going to Chicago. They're just discussing where they're all heading. Yeah. Uh, fucking Cluricon wakes up and is just like <laughs> a nonsense. Um, <laughs> fi- fierce, fiery warriors fight among the clouds. I don't know if this is like a real song or if he's just I making it up. No, I've no I'm idea. sure it's made up. It's absolutely made up. It's got to be made up. Also, this is someone I have encountered at a layover. Oh, just yeah, saying. Yeah. yeah when- <laughs> When you get when when your layover gets uh, gets delayed and people just start drinking, I've seen these people oh. at an airport. I hate flying; it's the worst. I'm okay with flying. I just don't like dealing with the other people, the other passengers. Um, so they all start gathering around the window because somebody's like, "Come and look at this!" And it is like a rainbow storm outside. It's crazy. Meanwhile, Cluricon is still fucking singing like a pain in the ass. One of those songs he sings is by Sixpence. Is it? Nice. Just looked it up. And then, and then, they see the procession of the endless, um, and more of other people. Other too. people too, because there's Mab. Yeah, that's true. There's a lot of. Uh, I mean, it's the endless. It's led by destiny, right? But it's, it's huge. A lot of different beings. Odin is you, there, and Thor. Uh, you see, uh, Jack, Jack Pumpkinhead, dude. And, uh, Lucien. Oh, and Wilkinson is there too. Mm-hmm. And one Martin angels. and Martin Tenbones. One of the hey, angels. Martin Tenbones. Aww. And Bast and Josh Norton and the King of Pain. Um, yeah. I'm so happy to see Martin Tenbones. It makes me happy. He had died so unfairly. Hello. Um. All right. So then he says, um. And he talks about, like, having gone to um, a funeral uh, for his father and that he put on a suit and went and came away disappointed that it seemed foolish and empty, which I completely sympathize with. I was actually, like, probably scandalizing people by laughing at my father's funeral because I just couldn't help thinking how much he would have hated it. Uh, He just hated being made much of. And it was a gigantic gigantic funeral which do you prefer weddings or funerals i oh weddings suck a lot of the time too i don't know i much prefer funerals personally um but yeah like 300 people came and it was i mean i wonder what he would have thought but i'm pretty sure he would have been like couldn't we have just had barbecue and stayed in um so he said, I knew I was watching the real thing here. There was true grief in each step they took. They wa- As they walked, I could feel something hot and burning on my cheeks, and my eyes began to sit- to sting. I don't know who I was crying for. And um, I was watching, couldn't look away, 
realizing while I watched I was being changed. I was seeing something I couldn't describe. I don't know what they were, don't know who had died, who they were mourning. They were there in the sky, and I believed in miracles. I didn't have any choice. And this whole bit about him, like, kind of falling for death? Yeah. It's weird, because... I mean, she she's pretty. Like, she's mm-hmm. always drawn as being attractive, but no one ever has, like, a romantic reaction to seeing her, ever. Mm-mm. Except for this guy. Except for the guy who tries to hit on her in the very first volume that winds up getting hit by a car. That's, okay, that's a good point. <laughs> um, and he says, I think I fell in love with her a little bit. Well, isn't that dumb? But it was like I knew her. Like she was my oldest, dearest friend. The kind of person you can tell anything to, no matter how bad, and they'd still love you because they know you. I wanted to go with her. I wanted her to notice me. And then she stopped walking. Under the moon, she stopped and looked at us. She looked at me. And the moon behind her is getting bloody. Mm-hmm. And like, and increasingly more so. Yeah. And uh, she probably didn't even know I was there. But I'll always love her all my life. Oh, you so poor sad bastard. and sweet. Um, and the storm ends. The storm ends and everybody can go. And Brant is like, so Charlene. And she's all, oh, yeah. <laughs> nope. I think Peace. I'm going to chill. <laughs> But thanks, though. I could go back and do nothing and hate everything. That doesn't <laughs> sound like my favorite plan. Oh, and uh-huh. Petrofax goes with the centaur because he wants to see new worlds. Oh, right. And his and uh, like, ride my back, boy. <laughs> um, yeah, his boss is not happy about that. No, but, it's not. But he has to go his own way. You yep. can go your own way. Okay. Anyway, I would totally do what Charlene does, though. For the record, I think I probably. agree. True. I mean, like, if I if I didn't have the situation that I have now, if I was in her situation, I would. Right now, I would miss Owen, and there's no way in hell I would stay. But oh my god, I just realized that the fucking innkeeper is doing that gesture again. I told you. See what I'm saying? I and know. Like, she has multiple arms in shadow, so I'm like, are they trying to say that she's like Shiva or something? They must be going for that because it's super this annoying. Be, this can't be unintentional. Um. But yeah, it just bothers me. Like, even if you are trying to say that, then just do it. You already have a centaur and lobster people. Just have a Shiva. What's the fucking problem? Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um. So, all right. So he goes, uh, it turns out that Brant is telling this story to a bartender. Even more meta. So meta. All the meta. And he says that he goes back and Charlene isn't even like listed anywhere it's not her car it's his car um he had a copy of the company magazine and she wasn't in it there her photograph wasn't there it's just like she never existed existed, which is super cool yep and um and he's he says i remember looking up at those people in the sky and crying for my father i remember charlene nobody else does but i do which must be such a weird feeling to like remember a person that nobody thinks existed um, so strange, right? And that's uh, basically how it ends with yeah. him walking out the door. I let's see. Maybe I, I don't. You hear a lot of weird stories behind a bar. I suppose you like, must do. Good night. Yeah. The he end. says he doesn't drive anymore because he feels weird driving a car he knows isn't his. Yeah, which I'm like, I mean, sure, but also you got a car, dude. Just like at least sell it or something. Do something with yeah. it. I'm sure maybe, that maybe he did, but Charlene would want him to. 
you know? Or she yeah. wouldn't care either way, I guess. I'm betting she wouldn't care, but yeah. Um, all right, so yeah, that is that is the end. <sighs> and that only took us two and a half hours. That's all. <laughs> it's okay. The next one's a long one. <laughs> oh so yeah, we'll... that's right. Next one is uh, what the kindly ones. Kindly ones. Oh yeah. So we'll split oh, that in boy. half. Oh, I think that's probably a good idea. Okay, cool. We're never getting through all those in one. Um, yeah, Owen's texting me like, so what's going on? Like, he's assumed that I can't possibly still be recording. <laughs> <laughs> Owen, you've read Sandman. <laughs> well, I just want to say thank you to everybody for listening. Um, and thank you to my patrons. I don't have anybody new. Um, but if you are interested in subscribing on Patreon, patreon.com backslash unspoiled, you get early access to all the episodes, you get um, free access to bonus stuff like Star Wars coverage and Age of Ultron coverage. And um, tell a friend, guys. Come on now. Yeah, right. Come on. Spread the word. And if like if you can't pledge, that's totally fine because I am super broke. But definitely tell people about it. Share posts. You know, everything you can is always appreciated. What's that? Write an iTunes review. Write an iTunes review. Yeah. Use my Amazon link at the top of the page to go shopping. That's actually become like, it's not a huge chunk of money or anything, but it used to be nothing. And now I'm steadily getting a little bit of income from it, which is a nice surprise. So thank you to everybody who does use the Amazon link. Because um, I know a couple people actually bookmarked it as their main Amazon link on there. So that's humongous for me. Um, and I feel like there was, oh, and I'm going to start doing, um, fear the walking dead as a short video series for patrons also. Um, because I don't have time to start another whole podcast, but I feel like I really want to include it in the repertoire. So I'm going to watch the episodes and do like a five minute video review of my reaction to it and post it on Patreon just for patrons to watch. So that's the thing. And I think that is about it right now. Um, you guys want to p- plug stuff? So uh, earlier in this episode, Natasha refused to do an Australian accent <laughs> for fear of embarrassing herself. If you want to hear what happens when someone actually does attempt an Australian accent and would have embarrassed herself if she gave a shit... Uh, I would recommend you listen to the most recent episode of the Smash Fiction Podcast, which is me and a few friends uh, having the most important debates, you know, like Batman versus Doctor Doom and uh, uh, Godzilla versus the Power Rangers and Terminator versus the Predator. Check that out. I'm sorry? Batman versus Doctor Doom. Yeah, you like that one, right? Oh, I love that one. Yeah. The new one is... Team Doom, absolutely. The new one is uh, uh, Speed Racer versus... Mad Max versus Ghost Rider versus Vanellope Von Schweetz from uh, Wreck-It Ralph in a race on Mario Kart's Rainbow Road. So uh, check that out. It's fucking insane, and I think you guys will like it. Smash Fiction is the name of the podcast, and you can find it on iTunes uh, and on Libsyn. And I'm also a, an occasional blogger for TowerOfTheHand.com if you want to use that wonderful website to get your Game of Thrones fix. And if... As it happens, you're a fan of professional wrestling. Please check out through the Timekeepers Table.blogspot.com and the Timekeepers Table Wrestling Podcast. Woohoo! Woo! Anton? Um, right now I have nothing to plug yet, 
But I will say I will be covering the new Muppets show on ABC and Lucifer on Fox for ProjectFandom.com when they premiere later this year. Cool. Which, by the way, since I've finally been watching Daredevil, your Daredevil reviews are fucking great. And so thank I'm really looking forward to the Lucifer ones. Oh, thank you. I'm looking forward to Daredevil season two. I mean, right? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm really, Marvel is really, really knocking out of the park. But yeah, ProjectFandom.com um, for my reviews for Daredevil, Marco Polo, and soon, um, you know, um, The Muppets, and Lucifer. Also, I'm enjoying my stint here uh, as a co-host on Unspoiled. So a vassal of Unspoiled. Vassal, yes. A vassal of House Unspoiled. Hee hee hee. I always enjoy that. Um all right, cool. Well, thank you guys so much for being here and for doing a close to three hours now podcast. Hey, no worries, dude. And thank you all so much for coming and listening to the show. Hope you enjoyed it, and we will see you next week with a new episode. Bye, everybody. Peace out, guys. Mr. Simon. Bum bum bum